This is the Doctor, President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is 85. 85. Good show this week. <laughs> yes. Bit light on news and merch, but uh, we're going to shove in this um, uh, this little segment to give you our top 10 survival tips for getting through the dark times when there's no Doctor Who on TV. I can't say survival without thinking of survival survival yeah just as soon as you say it i just instantly think of cheetah people if we fight like animals we'll we die, die like, like animals <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to get on to the um uh when we're going to rewind time and get right back to the days of black and white cybermen mm. and our trouton story the tomb of the cybermen mm. try and do it in a, yeah. <laughs> i was just gonna say try and do it in a trouton voice should the Tomb of the Cybermen, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. The Tomb of the Cybermen. No, that's more... <laughs> that's no, more Hartnell. That's more Hartnell, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to try and do a voice changer thing as well. You know, like I the would. really old school Cybermen voice, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I could be bothered in the end. Oh, I was hoping you would. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be brilliant if we were recording this and just we just our mouths are opening and it's going... What would be... This uh, is the Blue Box Podcast. <laughs> what would be funny is if we did the show just in that, that, in, in that Cyberman voice. Yeah, yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. You will be like us. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really... It's um, it's very difficult to do. Mm. That, that old, really old school Cyberman sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've even also got... got visions of you like, of us reenacting it and you lifting me up in the air on a wire and spinning me around, <laughs> throwing me across the room. <laughs> yeah. um, Mind you, not in the state I'm in. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, yes, some good stuff coming up. Before we get to all that, mm-hmm. how have you been, my good fellow? Yes, not bad. Yeah, not, not too bad at all, actually. Um, who wise? Not been up to a great deal this week. I've been, been very, very busy with work, so I haven't really. I've actually got in from work and just literally fallen asleep. I've been absolutely shattered this week, so yeah. I haven't got to do much fun stuff. It's been all work and no play. But I did have a couple of Funkos arrived oh, um, nice. earlier nice. on this week. Um, yeah, it's funny because I was getting a little bit bored of these actually, because you know I've got quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at them the other day, thinking. I haven't sort of, I still like the ones I've got, but I'm sort of thinking, I don't know, I've got, got quite a lot now. Um, <laughs> but the ones that turned up were Doctor Who ones, uh, which is good, because I think that's pretty much all I've been buying recently is the Doctor Who ones. Right. And okay. uh, so I've got Sarah Jane. Well, she's really good. Really like the Sarah Jane one. Uh, I've got River Song. She's pretty good. And uh, A Silence oh, as yeah. well, yep. who, who, again, looks pretty decent as a Funko, because yeah. they can be, yeah, I don't know, sometimes they sort of, Sometimes they just give them that basic expression, don't they? Where they're, you know, they could be anyone, but they've stuck the hairpiece on, so it's Sarah Jane. But she actually <laughs> looks pretty good, I think. I'm she quite does, pleased yeah. with Sarah Jane one. Is that the, um, is that the red and white dungarees? Yes, that's that it. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does look good, actually. She's got like the uh, Eldred ring or whatever it is. Yeah, she's got got that. 
You didn't get Rose? Uh, I've already got Rose, yeah. I've, I've managed to get quite a few of the Ninth Doctor ones so far. Oh, uh, is that, did you get Captain Jack at the same time? Yeah, oh, I got right, Rose, yeah. Jack yeah. and Nine. And that was like the first batch and then, yeah. And then these three have just come through. But the one I haven't got, and it's the one I'm waiting for, <laughs> is K9. I'm still waiting for him to come through because... I've seen pictures of the Funko Pop K9, and he looks really good. I'm just hoping he looks good in, you know, the actual thing. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't when they first announced K9 as a Funko Pop. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't see how that was going to work because of the eye thing that oh, they right, do. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, he looks pretty decent in the picture, so hopefully he's good. But he yeah. hasn't turned up yet, so I'm looking forward to getting him. I saw that you could pick up the K9. Um, mm. On I saw there was a few people selling it on eBay. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and there was a guy that was selling the actual Pop Funko, I think it was, I think it was 15 quid. Yeah. And then the postage was 45 quid oh. or something like that. And you think, what? What's the point of that? And you think, hopefully some people haven't fell for that. And you know, Where was he posting it from? The Antarctic? I've not, I can't remember, but yeah, it was, <laughs> the, the postage was massive, you know, it was huge compared to the actual price of the item. So, um, but I think that's coming over to the UK soon, isn't it? It should be soon. They yeah. seem to be filtering through, yeah. so they should be soon. Have you got any? Are you picking any of the new ones up? Have you got any any ones that you're getting? Or um, you sort of buy the odd one or two. You're not like me that just buys them all and then regrets it. You sort of pick up the, all the good ones, don't you? Yeah. Well, I, I I did a um a quick Forbidden Planet run yesterday. I was in London oh. yesterday, so I did a quick run in there on my lunch um when I had some spare time over lunch, and uh, I picked up um the fourth Doctor. Funko, which I've been meaning to get for ages. It's not the special edition one where he's got the jelly bean, the jelly babies. Mm. Um, it's just a standard one. He's good, though. He's a good one. Yeah, I've wanted him for ages. So, and I also picked up a Cyberman. Oh, yeah. Also very good, actually. Because they look really, at the detail in on this, because I'm not really a, I, I prefer the design of the classic Cybermen yeah, compared to like the latest ones, because, um, yeah, they're just sort of Iron Man rip-offs like the latest ones to me however mm. the detail on the suit and stuff looks really good and they do it does look really cool as a as a as a, as a pop funko figure so uh, i picked up those two yesterday i was tempted yeah. to get J- captain jack as well but i thought uh, i've already got a couple of t-shirts a couple of funkos a mm. couple of books as well no yeah. I'll, get, I'll get it next time so yeah, yeah. i saw you got two books actually uh you got the script doctor didn't you yes which i started which reading last night it's really good very really very enjoyed good that yeah. um and what was the other one you got because i've i've not actually the, the other one you bought 360 or something doctor 360 yeah 365 365 yeah yeah it's so basically what, what actually is that it's it's like um it's it sort of flies back in time throughout the history of who and it says like you know on this day back in you know, whatever year, oh, right. you know, this important event happened within who. So it's basically every day of the year or, yeah, so every day, like for a full year, it sort of references an important event that happened, you know, years ago. Is it more wordy than picturey or is it yes, a bit of both? very wordy. Oh. oh, okay. It's really interesting. It's like, um, I, I haven't started reading it yet because I'm reading the Script Doctor one, but having a quick flick through, it's got some great little snippets and, bits of trivia and stuff that I, I wouldn't have known about so yeah it looks really interesting yeah because i've not seen that book in the in the flesh yet i remember seeing it when it came up for pre-order and thinking it sounded quite intriguing but i haven't actually seen it in the shops yet so yeah well yeah. I, I saw it in wh smith last week while i was in there for something else and they had one copy on the shelf but it was just 
battered and bruised oh. and somebody had obviously dropped it numerous times because all the corners were dented and it had scratches on the front and I thought oh, I can't buy that um <laughs> it's like have you got any more of these please and uh like nope we've only got that one left so you can have that one it's like no you're okay. never gonna sell it all the- <laughs> no, no, of course not no because I saw this one um perfect perfect condition so nabbed it I had a funny thing happen in Smith's Doctor Who related um, <laughs> last week. You do surprise me. <laughs> I, I obviously have a very dodgy looking face or appearance because you know the um, figurine collection magazine that they do? Yes. Where, so you get the little thin, tiny magazine and then you get a Doctor Who figurine sort of in in a bag with it. Yes. Um, they had the, oh God, what's he, how do you say it? Colony Sarf, what's he called? Colony Sarf, yeah. Colony Sarf. Yeah. yeah, they had him. But he's, they're always behind the counter, so you have to ask okay. to have it. I don't know why, because they're like they're not really expensive or anything. They're like seven ninety nine, but there's you know they have this special wall behind the counter. It's special. Oh yeah, yeah. Special stuff. So um, <laughs> I could see him, and to be honest, I wasn't too bothered about about him. But you know when you haven't bought anything who for a while, so. And then anything new that you see just catches your eye, even if you don't want it. You start getting you withdrawal just need symptoms. To buy something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so that was it. I saw him and I thought, I'll just have a look and check the paint job on him because they do vary oh, yeah. From, yeah. from Eagle Moss, as anyone who buys Eagle Moss stuff will know. So, anyway, long story short, I said to the woman, Oh, can I have a look at that, that Doctor Who figure there? And she took it from around the back, but she wouldn't let go of it. So I went to take it off her to have a look, see what the paint was like. Right. But she was still holding it. So we did this little sort of struggle between the two of us <laughs> until it became clear that she wasn't going to let me have it. So if I wanted to look at it, she had to hold it for me. I think I don't know if she thought I was just going to snatch it and run off. I'd run away. Oh, my God. Seven ninety nine figure. But I must have looked really dodgy. Yeah, and she just, just wouldn't let it go. So I didn't buy it. <laughs> I, like, I like looked at it, decided it was a bit rubbish. Um, didn't like the fact that I couldn't couldn't check it properly and uh, and left it <laughs> i can imagine the awkwardness of, it was really of both awkward. of you having it and there's like a little struggle a little sort of back and forth. i thought oh she's not no you're not and she just sort of looked at me i thought no no she's not letting go so yeah so i didn't get it but what i did buy something else that day what was it oh i did buy the time lords doctor who special oh right yeah Yes, yes, from Smiths. And I purposely bought it in front of a show that I wasn't a thief on the machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, I'll get a robot to serve me. I won't, won't use that human. Get this robot. <laughs> this robot won't hold on to this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I bought oh, that's that, cool. which, uh, which is pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's pretty did, good little did I tell you about my awkward moment um, in Sainsbury's trying to buy a, a Doctor Who? <laughs> no. You know, you know when they, they released, um, uh, I think it was late, mid to late last year they released those behind the scenes books and there's going to be a million of them um scenes the first one was the david tennant one it was like a look behind the scenes of a of a doctor who episode and the first one was the david tennant do you remember those i don't actually i can't think of them no come on dude you must remember you've you've subscribed you picked up like the first three at least. Oh, the what the history, the history books, the complete the history. history. Yeah. Oh, those, yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah. things, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're they're great, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> me telling you about that trip to Sainsbury's and um, I, uh, I, uh, not Sainsbury's, sorry, um, uh, Tesco. Uh, we stopped in Tesco to pick up a few bits, and I saw it on the shelf there, and I was like, "Ooh, that only came out yesterday." Uh, you know, because I'm looking to pick that one up to see what they're like, and when I got it to the till, um, it wouldn't scan. Yeah. So it wouldn't scan. 
you know, so, you know, on those self-serve things, a woman comes over, what's going on? So, so I was like, sorry, this is not working. So mm -hmm. she tries to scan it. No good. So she calls someone over. They do exact. Bearing in mind that this thing has probably been scanned in front of the barcode like 20 times at the minute. So it doesn't <laughs> matter who physically holds it. It's just not going to work. Everyone's trying to do it. Yeah. And then he goes off and then he comes back and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, we can't actually sell this to you today. Oh. And I'm like, excuse me? It's on the shelf with a ticket and a price and everything. How can you not sell it? Yeah, uh, um, there's a problem with the system. Uh, someone's made a bit of a mistake and, yeah, we, we, they haven't been loaded onto the system properly. I said, but surely this happens all the time with various products. You just manu manually pop the price in yeah. and away you go. No, 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 we, we can't do that. I'm, I'm very sorry. Oh, dear. So Too the, much. Yeah, then there was just this sort of 10-second period where we just looked at each other. It was sort of me in disbelief. And him looking at me like, well, I've told you what the problem is and the resolutions and you haven't left the store yet. What's going on? Yeah. So we just had this Awkward. like little Mexican standoff where we're just staring at each other and, and that was it. Yeah. I just left. So Was it at that point that you just snatched out of his hand and run? <laughs> like Bugs Bunny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, that would have been, you know, the, the, the ideal resolution yeah. of me just like nabbing it and legging out the shop. But There's nothing worse no. though because you're like, you've got it in your hand. Yeah. And but you're not allowed to take it. It's just almost just like they're just teasing you with it, isn't it? Like, oh, look what we've got, but you can't have it. Yeah, it's strange because you they see, as well, just have it behind a glass cabinet or it, behind a shelf. Exactly. Know? Sometimes you see that in shops where they just put a pile of stuff out. They've rushed it out and they've not ticketed it or something like that. But mm. this had a proper ticket in front of it on the shelf with the price and everything. So it was obviously somebody obviously done it. It was just a a bit of a a bit of a cyber mat in the system. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, those awkward little moments that we go through. I, I've had that in Argos as well. Cool, we're naming them all today. Other <laughs> superstores are available. Um, but yeah, I've had that with a set in Argos where they brought it out from the back room. No, oh, was the, the old... back room. Yeah. It was the, what was it? It was, a, it was a rubbish set, but I had to have it because I was buying all the Doctor Who stuff then. It was the Dalek, I don't know, uh, 12 Doctor Dalek set that was exclusive to Argos and you got an <laughs> exclusive rusty figure and I was like well I must get it because it's all exclusive and I'm a Doctor Who fan yeah and they brought it out from the special room and they scanned it and I'd seen pictures of people that had got it on Facebook so I knew it was already out <laughs> but he did the same thing he's like oh sorry we're not allowed to sell this till Saturday I was like what? <laughs> but I'm here now and it's Thursday He's like, yeah, well, I can reserve it for you if you want to come back on Saturday and pick it up. I was like, no, I don't really want to drive 20 miles home and come back and get it because it's exclusive to you, so I've yeah. got to come back. So, yeah, but the same thing. I was just like, I had it in my hand and it was slowly taken off me. Yeah. yeah. I think they enjoy it. I think they do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. It was like um, uh, luck was in our favour, but then the universe slapped us back into normality. Into place. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget the awkward moment I had in the Who shop last month where oh, no. I got completely, <laughs> I got a very good telling off for taking a selfie. Next time um, we go to the Who shop, I'm going to wear the biggest like camera. I'm going to take the biggest camera I can find. I won't use it, but I'll just have it with me. Like one, of, Maybe one of those old fashioned ones on a tripod that looks like a cross between a, a harpsichord or something. <laughs> a um, what do you call it? You know, there's old-fashioned cameras. Yes. I'll yeah. take one of them with me. No photos. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just walk out this giant camera. Or we'll rent a film crew for a day. <laughs> so we'll, we'll run in there and set up a tripod and with everything and these big lighting rig and everything. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, we could go on and on. Let's not even get onto Forbidden Planet. 
Oh God, no! Otherwise, don't don't do that. Otherwise, we're going to go down a dark path. I know, and people have have, have mentioned we haven't used the rant button for a while, and yep. it will almost certainly come out if we go down that route. If so. we do that, we'll go into uh, we'll go down Sixth Doctor territory. Oh yeah, we yeah. don't want to go there this morning. <laughs> exactly. So let yeah, let's not go down any more of that stuff. No, but we can crack on with the news though. Mm, Shall yeah. we land it and do it? Let's land it. <laughs> First up, quite a big bit of news, this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spin-off show that's coming later this year. Um, it's to the it's the now online BBC Three, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. So Class, the brand new spin-off show, has had its cast announced. Mm. Which is good, because I was beginning to think that it had fallen into a into an abyss of some sort. Yeah. Because uh, it is coming out this year, isn't it? Yeah. This year, yeah. Yeah. Um, when is it? Is it September? I'm not Something sure. Like that. Mm. Uh, anyway, it's later on in the year. So we've had the cast announced, finally, which is good. Um, so the main principal cast is five. Five dudes. Yeah. Or three. Or sorry, two dudes and three, three lasses. They all look very cool and young and yep. good looking and blech. No. So <laughs> no, they all look very cool. Yeah, so yeah. the four the four younger cast members. Um and they're all sort of um uh they've gone down the George Lucas approach, haven't they? They've they've cast people who have not been anything in anything yet. Yeah, or, I quite like that actually. Yeah, or or anything yeah. that you would recognise anyway. Mm. Um so uh, new peeps would be Greg Austin, uh Fady um El Sayed. Uh, Sophie Hopkins and Vivian uh, Opara for newbies. And then yeah. they're going to be joined by Catherine Kelly, um, who's one of the teachers at the school at Coal Hill. There seems to be quite a buzz about Catherine Kelly, and I, I must admit I don't know who she is, but is she a soap actress or something? Because a lot of people are like, oh, she's really good. Oh, oh, I'm excited now. And I felt a little bit out of the loop because I was like, well, who, who is she? But yeah, um, well, she... Well, at the moment, she's um, in this TV show, oh, I forget what channel, called Happy Valley. Oh, a lot of people are talking about that. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but yeah. So apparently she's very... I've, I've, not, I've watched a few of the episodes from the first series of that, and it was quite right. good. It was, it was pretty good, actually. But, um, but apparently she's very good in that. Um, and she's also been in um, quite a popular show called Mr. Selfridge that's put on. Yeah, yep. yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. Um, and... Uh, and this new show called The Night Manager, which is going to be on soon. Um, so she has been in a few things, and she's quite popular at the moment. So uh, it's, oh, is it? I watched The Night Manager. It's not her, is it? Blimey, she looks different. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's quite good that they've got somebody um, who's kind of out there at the moment and has been mm. doing stuff to bring a bit of... Uh, which is, again, which is exactly what George Lucas did when yeah. he brought in uh, Alec Guinness to star alongside the, the nobodies at the time. Mm. <laughs> uh, so they look pretty good actually look a good bunch um it's good that we've got some extra info and some and we actually know who's going to be in it and a, a bit of direction I'm, I'm not too keen on um on moffat's description 
No, nor am I. And I know exactly the bit you're going to... And we yes. haven't talked about this previously, by the way, but I can just tell that yes. you're thinking the same as me. Go on. Yeah, so class, uh, is, class is dark and sexy right now. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not sure I want to watch it based on it being dark and sexy. I, I, I'm not sure. No. Because I'm... Be, well, it's about a school for a start. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, you know, we're not prudes on the show or anything like that. It was not like, mm. oh my God. Good Lord. Let's file a complaint immediately. <laughs> we're not anything like that. It's just, it doesn't really fit what we've been told so far that the vibe of the show is mm. going to be. So typical Moffat, you know, has jumped in with both feet and probably upset. Yeah, because I've seen loads of tweets about it as well, saying mm. what 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 is Moffat saying? It's sex or a lot, but um, but it, it, at least we've got some more info. Um, yeah, because like like I said, the, other than the initial announcement, there's been very little out of the BBC or anybody about it really. So, um, and there's a couple of little videos as well. There's um, there's like an introductory video, like meet the cast and mm. some like individual snippets. So we shall see. I'm st- I'm still undecided on this. Yeah, I, I really I have... am. And I, I don't mean to be like, you know, Mr. Negative about it. I'm trying not to be, but I'm just not sure on how this is going to go. So it really will be a, a, a taste it and see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, actually. I've, I'm finding it really hard to get enthusiastic about it, but I really desperately want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, um, did you watch the 360 video that yeah. they released? Yeah. That was quite interesting. Mm. Um, I'm just a bit of a wally really because when i watched it i didn't know was <laughs> didn't know you were meant to move the screen around so i was thinking well, why am i watching a video of the floor what's going on here <laughs> and then i realized you could move it around yeah um but that was quite an interesting little gimmicky thing the funny thing is if you're watching it on your phone app it can be quite hard to close if you because <laughs> every time you try and move your thumb on the screen it just moves the picture around rather than actually pushing the video to the bottom so you can close it but yeah that was quite an interesting little little promo thing yeah um yeah i don't know it's good it's good to see a bit of positivity coming towards it although i'm as i said not not really sold on this one yet um it has been like attracting a lot of criticism well it's not been getting very good responses so far but it seems since they've announced this cast and also the Catherine kelly announcement it, it does seem to be that more people are like oh okay Hmm, might give it a go then so it's yeah, good to see yeah. it getting a bit more of a positive reaction yes now so yeah like you i i, I want to like it um I, I, i'm still intrigued by it of course i'm gonna watch it of um, course yeah but there's nothing in there that makes you go oh looking forward to this yet yeah and the the the, the description that's come out the like the official synopsis if you like um that sounds quite cool it's like uh, a young adult series set in contemporary London, uh, scary, funny, and as painful and sharp as youth. Uh, it will also shine a light on a whole new corner of the Hooniverse. Yeah. So it's intriguing, it's interesting, but we it's absolutely one of those we'll have to see. I'm wondering who they're aiming it at, though. Because I think, you know, part of the reason I think that I can't get too enthused about it is I don't feel it's aimed at me somehow. I don't think it, it is, you know. I, I think no, it really is don't aimed... don't feel cool enough... Yeah. I, don't, I feel like I'm the sort of older generation Who fan, and it feels to me like they're trying to get get the you know all the younger audience back with it, which is fine. But I think that's the reason I'm just not totally sold on this. I just don't think it's quite aimed at, at me yeah. somehow. I think because it's that young adult bracket, mm. I think it it's like um, high school, secondary school people, college, what, you know, you know, uni but, people. I guess you know that type of thing. 
they've mentioned Buffy in the same breath as, as it yeah. as well, haven't they? Which yeah. is uh, interesting. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Whenever it finally hits the online screen. The, inter- the intranet. <laughs> intranet. Yeah. Okay, in other news, and it's sad news, I'm afraid, um, Reg Whitehead, who played the very first Cyberman that we see on screen in The Tenth Planet, has sadly passed away at the age of 83. And uh, I think we can both agree that Tenth Planet is a classic, and that scene in particular of him opening his mouth and that strange <laughs> voice coming from off the other side of the set is, yeah. is as eerie as anything in Doctor Who. So, yeah, very sad news to hear that he's passed away. Um he was also in lots of other Doctor Who stories as well, including the Moon Base, the Abominable Snowmen, and the classic that we're reviewing today. He was in the Tomb of the Cybermen. So he was in yeah. lots of Doctor Who, as well as yep. other TV programs like Zed Cars, The Avengers, The Saint. So, yeah, sad news. It's sad news. And it does carry um, a certain weight of significance, um, purely because, like you say, he was the very first Cyberman yeah. that we saw on screen and, uh, and then went on to play various others in different stories and so on so um again another week some more sad news but um yeah also a celebration of you know his contribution to who and stuff so absolutely and he was still involved in conventions and things um right up until i mean he was due to appear 10th planet doing the day of the cybermen next month in may oh, yes yeah and he was due yeah. to appear at that so he was still sort of um you know very much in the world of who hmm. so yeah sadly sadly uh, let's wrap for news. Um, let's uh, visit that strange corner of Scarrow. <laughs> where... Are those Daleks waiting? They, they are waiting, buddy. Okay. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Light on merch this week. Mm. As we are like, there doesn't seem to be much going on. It's it's one of those weeks where they're literally, other than the the big announcement for car, for class, there isn't anything else going on at all, is there? No, it does feel a bit empty in the old void. It does, yeah. but we do have um, uh, um, a, a bit of big finish coming out this month. Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys have been attracting quite a bit of attention, I think, over the last few months. Yeah. Especially with their appearance at um, the Tenth Planet event that you went to. The Phantom. Sorry, Phantom not Tenth Planet, the Phantom event. Yeah. Um, and you said they were really cool guys, didn't you? Oh, really they were nice great. Yep. Really good, yeah. So I can't quite believe this, but this month, Series 11 mm. of uh, Jago and Lightfoot is out from Big Finish. Yes. Um, and I'm still a bit, I'm still a little bit wow at that because um, I've only listened to one of their stories, which is the one they did with Dan Starkey. Yeah, you know the the um the haunting, um, which I really liked, and I've, it's always one of those things where like I really enjoyed that, so I'm going to go back now and pick up. Um, as I've I really want to pick up. I don't want to do this thing where I just jump in later on, mm. because of my sort of OCD completeness, bizarreness that going on. I want to start at the beginning, series one. But when you look when you look at now, they've got series eleven due to hit in April. It's like wow, that's a lot of big finish to get through before you get to series 11 so yeah um so uh the new one it's split up um like they normally do a big finish it's split into um into four stories which comprise the box set um and it's called uh the first one's called jago and son uh, number two is called maurice number three is called the woman in white and then finishes with a story called masterpiece and 
I I love this about Big Finish because it could have so easily been one of those we'll do a couple of series but the characters are so rich mm. and you know they work so well together they're such a great tag team um why not why not just keep pumping out the stories if they're good yeah. um so those of you that have been following the series so far and you've got all the other box sets you jammy so and so um yeah so this month you can pre-order now i'm not sure when it launches in april it's probably going to be week three which is what they normally do a big finish but yeah um yeah 30 quid or 25 quid digital I was going to say, yeah, normally cheaper, aren't they, on the pre-order? I think they go up slightly after release. But, yeah, I'm the same as you because I've been wanting to jump into the Jagon Life of Series for a while now because I hear so many good things about it and clearly they still sell incredibly well for them to be doing, you know, up yeah. to Series 11. I mean, they've obviously got a good following and good sales and, and all that. So, But I'm like you, I because I didn't get into it at the start and, and we're already on 11, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I've got to go back and and start at the beginning because the only one i've heard is the mahogany murders which was a companion chronicle yep. ages ago mm-hmm. um and that was good so yeah i'm the same as you at some point i'll jump on and and get into it but i think there is i don't think they're the sort of thing you can necessarily jump in the middle of because i remember i'm not sure which one it is jay gore but one of them was saying about how it, they were taking it down a slightly different route towards the end you know towards this series has just come out and he was saying he wasn't sure about it when they pitched it to him but now they've done it he loves it which but i don't know what that's about and it really intrigued me i thought oh so what is what you know what is he what's he talking about so yeah (laughs) i think it'd be good to start from the beginning so you can sort of follow their arc or whatever that they they have going on here yeah absolutely and um, i'm hoping at some point big finish do a bit of a sale that's what I'm waiting for. On yeah. of, that's all I'm waiting for, really, because even if you go right back to Series 1, um, that's still... I mean, it's down a little bit. Series 1's 20 quid now. That's yeah. on a special, but all the other Series 2 onwards are still 35 quid. Um, so if you were to look into... If you're looking to buy, to go back and get those, you know, it's still... Still, you know, for an older series, I'm talking about, like, especially Series mm. 2 through to maybe 6 or something, they're still quite... You'd expect them to drop a little bit by now. So. Yeah, uh, and that's one thing Big Finish well, don't always do, is it? They don't sort of tend to when stuff's been out a while. They haven't. They don't tend to sort of reduce it, which is a bit of a shame. I think apart from the monthly range, which they, after years and years and years, eventually reduced and got rid of all the CD versions cheaply, and that was it, the end of it. So yeah, but I'm like you. As soon as they do a big Jago Light for sale, we'll be on I it. Should be getting. We'll be on it. Yeah. Yeah. So Jago and Light for series eleven will be hitting your post box or your inbox this month. Yes. Right, as we're low on um, news and merch, uh, we're going to give you guys, um, because especially it's quite um, relevant to what we just said, Doctor Who is very thin on the ground at the moment Mm. um, with news and merch and what's going on. So we thought we would give you our top 10 um, survival tips. It's a bit over the top, really. (laughs) How to, you know, how to... Because I've seen a few other people do these things recently, like you know how to, you know how to to get through. I, I'm a, I don't really mean to mention Star Wars all the time, but it does feel very much like the dark times. If you're a Star mm. Wars fan, you know what that means, um, where there was just hardly anything um, coming out. Um, so we've got ten tips for you. So until Doctor Who is back on our screens, how you can uh, survive, get through the. Get through the drought. Get through the drought, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tip number one. Um, seeing as we just mentioned Big Finish, 
Might as well kick off with that one. Tip number one is get into Big Finish mm. if you've not done so yet. And you'll hear people say this all the time. Whenever you listen to any Doctor Who podcasts or anything like that, um, Big Finish is, I think it's just such a, a massive part of Doctor Who fandom these days. Um, you'll hear you'll hear people recommend uh, Big Finish all the time. So mm. we're not going to be any different. You know, our, probably our top tip would be to start listening to something from Big Finish. Um, and the quality is so good most of the time across all of the ranges. It doesn't really, it doesn't, because I know we've been asked this question a couple of times, mm. um, and I'm sure many other people do. They always say, "What? where do I start with Big Finish? And how, yes. do, how do I get into it? And what doctors should I start listening to? And blah, blah, blah. Um, and my advice, um, I'm not sure about you, mate, but my advice would just be to not listen to advice from people. Just jump in. Just jump in because the quality is good most of the time. There, there, there are a few standout bits, things like Dark Eyes, mm-hmm. um, a, a few of the old McGann ones. So because McGann was obviously only had one TV adventure, um, when he came over to Big Finish, people just went nuts. And um, and they produced some absolutely cracking Eighth Doctor series mm. um, and stories. So some of the early McGann stuff's great. The Dark Eyes box set is great. Um, some of the some of the Doctors that you wouldn't think would be good are just amazing on Big Finish. So mm. um, the Sixth Doctor, Colin Baker stuff, is very, very good. He's brilliant. On really good on Big yeah. Finish. Um, and McCoy. So yeah. those two that you wouldn't necessarily think would be great on, on audio because, um, well, I mean, McCoy was, was great in TV, but the Colin Baker years are often not always viewed upon as the best from the TV stuff, but absolutely cracking on Big Finish. Mm-hmm. So there isn't any, there's a few standout things, and I'm sure if you just Google around and go on a, a few websites, you'll see people recommending various Big Finish stories. But, my advice would just be to just jump in. Just find like a couple of the older ones that are fairly cheap on on the Big Finish website. Maybe the ones I think you can find them for about a fiver or a ten or some of the old ones that are quite good. Yeah. And just give it a go. Just you know, you don't even have to get the CD if you want to start cracking on with them straight away. You can get them digitally. Um, yeah. So tip number one. What about you, mate? With Big Finish, you'd agree with that. Oh, I would. I was going to say, I always find it the impossible question, and it is one we get asked a lot, is, you know, oh, I want to start this to be finished, what would you recommend? And I I find it so hard to answer because there is so much out there now. Their output is incredible. And also, taste is is personal, you know, stories that I've really enjoyed, other people might not, um, you know, so I find it hard. I mean, there are some that I suppose you would consider absolute classics, uh, like Spare Parts always gets mentioned. Jubilee I really like um, because they base it on on the, the Dalek on it. Um, yep. You know, Silver to the, the Light at the End, a brilliant 50th mm-hmm. celebration city. So there's loads and loads of good stuff, but I agree with you, just just dive in. They're, the only thing you have to be wary of, I suppose, is in the monthly range, they do sometimes do quite long arcs that might just yeah. throw you a little bit. But to be honest with you, when I, I, I sort of dipped out of Big Finish for a little while, a long time ago, and then got back into it. Mm-hmm. And so I just started buying random ones. And even those that have those arcs, they're pretty much still standalone. I didn't sort of struggle because I was, you know, when I sort of started getting heavily back into Big Finish again, um, I sort of dipped in mid-range and, and you know, uh, now mm-hmm. I go back and listen to them, I realise there's a lot of stuff in there that that uh, 
ties in with other stories, but it didn't affect it the first time I listened to it. But now I go back and I've got the other stories. It all makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think it really matters, but there are one or two bits. But the McGann ones, and I always say this to anybody, McGann did a couple of monthly range ones. Um, but the ones I really like is the Eighth Doctor Adventures. It was like a four series of just McGann. So I really enjoyed. They're all you can just pick any of those. But I would listen to them from the start. Yeah. Because um, Sheridan Smith is a companion. Uh, Lucy Miller. They're just a great team, and I love that series. So yeah. highly recommend them. There's also a couple of other um, stories that are really good. Not necessarily about the Doctor. So there's a series called Davros. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not Davros. Um, I Davros. Yes. That's cracking. So yeah, Terry Malloy. Terry Malloy, yeah. So that's really, really good if you want to give that a go. Um, so yeah, big finish. And also, if you want to um, see what Doctor Who fans are listening to and what people are chatting about and recommending, if you just jump on Twitter and just do a search for big finish, mm-hmm. um, Twitter is just absolutely crammed full of people talking about big finish. Um, I mean, just before we started recording today, I saw somebody... Um, uh, a, a podcast that I that I follow on Twitter called On the Time Lash Podcast, um, and he had picked up a fourth Doctor, um, strangely called The Labyrinth of Buddha Castle, mm. which is a strange title, but it looks like a kind of um, um, vampire kind of what's the what's the uh, Nosferatu character kind of vampire looking story. All right, and yeah. I and I I, I must have just breathed past it as I was looking at all the big finish stuff. And he was like, the script is really, really good. It's a great story. So you often pick up little tips and recommendations just from, you know, eavesdropping on people's conversation about Big Finish as well. So just jump on Twitter and do a search for it. It always surprises me they don't have a thing on their website, like a starter guide or something. Because uh, as I said, they've got so much out there. I always think it'd be good if they just added, because they've got so many tabs, haven't they, you can click on. I was surprised they don't have a sort of like um, get into Big Finish bit that you can click on. Oh, okay. Yeah, Perhaps they struggle yeah. from the same thing as us as they don't know what to <laughs> what to cut down to recommend. But um, but yeah, that's a good thing about Twitter. It's a shame they closed their forum actually because that used to be a brilliant place to go, the Big Finish forum, and just chat about everything. And, and people, you know, that that used it were so into Big Finish, it was always a good place to go and get an idea of what's what. It's really sad that they shut that. But yeah, like you said, there's loads of other places out there. Um, so. Just a, a, a last mention on this. Um, there is a website, a website called thetimescales.com. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really good website. These guys, um, they, they, Colin Baker would absolutely hate it, but mm. they specialise in putting lists together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they do really good recommendations as well. So they've got lists like most reviewed, you know, most rated, last 30 days, latest Doctor Who editions, latest range editions, top reviewers, recent ratings. If you're after recommendations and a bit of a steer in the right direction, thetimescales.com. Brilliant. I'm glad on. you mentioned that because I've heard of that before and kept thinking, yeah, I must check that out and then always forgot the name of the website. So nice one. That's cool. Right. Here's a second tip for getting through the drought. Grow your book collection. Um, me, myself, I love buying books and very <laughs> often just pile them up and don't get time to read them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's great. I mean, there are so many doctor who books out there and a lot of it is really really good um listeners will know that we love the lethbridge stewart books they're highly recommended yep. um i actually one of the ones you pointed out um earlier was the vault which is a great book and um it's been out a while and is normally mm-hmm. really cheap these days uh if you see that i think last time i saw it's it a fiver in like the works or whatever just that's a great book the vault yeah it's, it's crammed full of just it's basically just tidbits on everything to do with who isn't it yeah. Um it, it just 
it's like an encyclopedia with just tons of pictures and loads of info. And I'm sure on Amazon at the moment, it's a fiver. And I'm sure when it first came out, it was 20 quid or something. So it was it's a yeah. real bargain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some other really good mentions. Um, the Writer's Tale, written oh, by RTD. Russell RTD. That's a really, really good book. That's basically um, the, the book is a conversation between him and oh, I forgot the guy's name. I think it's Ben. Oh, I've forgotten the other guy's name who co-writes it with him. The, the, the book is essentially just an email conversation between the two of them. And it's about Russell T. Davis working out how he's going to essentially write Doctor Who from David Tennant onwards. So it's about there's information, there's conversations about casting David Tennant, all the little bits that's going through Russell T. Davis's head. It's like his head poured out into emails between mm-hmm. this other guy. It's so interesting. It's a great book. It is. It's really interesting to see some of the ideas he had that he didn't use as well. And, and why he didn't use them. And you think, oh, that would have been great. And, and you also think, oh, God, that would have been awful. Thank God he didn't. It's a great book, that. Yeah. yeah. And and one of the things that, that sticks out to me from that book is their complete and utter surprise um, and just joy that they managed to get Catherine Tate to be a regular yes. on the show. There's, there's a conversation where he's like, I can't believe it. I, I just can't believe it. We've managed to get Catherine like full time on the show. Um, so that's a really, really good book. Definitely. Um, it's worth checking out. Um, another one would be, if you guys have listened to the podcast from the beginning, um, you would know that I interviewed a guy called Neil Perryman right at the beginning when his new book came out called An Adventure with the Wife in Space. <laughs> That's a really, really good book. It's essentially, he sits his wife down and he gets her to watch every episode of Doctor Who right from the beginning. So from the first, so An Unearthly Child, right through to the TV movie. And it's really funny because it's his wife Sue comes out with some cracking thoughts and feelings on <laughs> on who it's about her journey really getting into Doctor Who. Um, so that's really really funny. It's brilliant because Sue it's it's really strange. You you sort of get Sue's personality almost from the get go, and she's just hilarious. It's very to the point. She doesn't if she doesn't like something she says, and some of the stuff she comes out with it is brilliant. It's a really good book. That he did. Um, I don't think he's done the book, but he did an online one where after he did all the Doctor Who's, poor old Sue, he sat down and did the same thing with Blake Seven. Oh, yes. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I was just like, because everything she's coming out with, I was just cracking up. She's really um, funny, isn't she? She's brilliant. Well, yeah. yeah, it's a really good book, that. Well, I'll pick it up. Um, some other mentions would be uh, the book that we spoke about with Andrew Cartmel a few weeks ago, and I picked it up yesterday, The yeah. Script Doctor. That's a really good book. If you want an insight into the last the last era of classic coup, um, the McCoy era and how um, that whole story, how they were the direction they wanted to take the doctor in the show, how the BBC, you know, basically took the show away and all that stuff. Andrew does a, a really good job. I've only started reading it, but I know you've read it, mate. And it's, um, I've read it a couple of times. Yeah. yeah it's a, um, I read it when it first came out and they, re- and then it got reissued, uh, a couple of years back and I read it again when, before we interviewed him, it's, it's a, it's a brilliant book. I love it because I love that era and it's basically like a diary, isn't it? But Andrew's got, um, well, if you listen to the interviewers, you can just imagine him, you know, him speaking as you're reading it. It's just a great, great insight into the McCoy era and what was going on. Yep. Uh, some other quick mentions. Um, the the series of books that they released for the 50th anniversary were, I think they were re-releases of stories that had already been out. And you'll recognise the books because all the spines have got a black and white photo of the Doctor. Oh, um, yes. And yes. it's got numbers 1 to 11 or 1. I think it's 1 to 11, yeah. 
Um, and some standout stories from that series would be Only Human, which is really a really good, good Ninth yeah. Doctor story, um, Festival of Death from Fourth Doctor, and a Second Doctor story, Dreams of Empire. Uh, so those books are really, really good. If you can pick up any uh, the old Target novelizations, they're great. Mm. Really, really good. Um, uh, one of those that stands out is Doctor Who and the Zabi, um, which I read recently, which I found in a secondhand shop for like a pound somewhere. Um, but those old Target books are great. They are, the yeah. Love the Target books. What was the one that used to make you, the title made you laugh, that second Doctor one? Was it the Roundels? <laughs> I remember there was one you just like, when they, re- they it was, uh, sorry, it wasn't the Target books. I think it was something else. Was it the Roundels? I can't remember. There the, was one that I remember falling one. about laughing. I'll have to yeah, remember the title, yeah. yeah. Um, tip number three. Um, as we're talking about reading stuff, now's a good time to get into the Titan comics. Mm. Uh, these have been out for, a, it must be over a year now, um, or nearly a year. Um, and they've got stories for all the modern Doctors, and now they've started to branch out into the classic Doctors as well. We've had, um, uh, I think, Paul McGann, the eighth Doctor, his his range is currently in motion, and the fourth Doctor comics have just launched. Mm-hmm. Um, and now is a really good time, because now they've reached like the end of some of the story arcs. They've started to release them as graphic novels. So um, I know that you can jump onto uh, a couple of comic book websites on eBay and pick up some of the back issues if you want the single editions. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go and pick all those up. But if you want to pick up just the collected ones, these graphic novels, I think they're about a tenner, 10, 11 pounds, something like that. Um, yeah. But the Titan comics are very, very, very good. Um, and I'm really, I've got really good high hopes for the fourth Doctor one because the first one that I read um, a couple of weeks ago was really good. Um, and I'm hoping they're going to branch out and do other Doctors as well, some of the, from the classic years. But the newer Doctor ones are really good. The 10th Doctor series is great. And Although the ninth Doctor one, it kind of lost its way a little bit towards the end. It mm. started off really, really good. The ninth Doctor one. So, um, so for reading material, um, yeah, the Titan range. Now's a really good time to to start picking those up. Yeah, they are good. Mm. I, I'm, I actually last Sunday because it's the last Sunday I've got off work for a while. I um, I actually they'd all got messy. So I was get you know we were saying earlier we've got like a pile of comics to sort of catch up on yeah and, and as they've sort of been dropping through the letterbox i'd kind of just been putting them on the side so they'd all got out of order and last sunday i actually put all my comics out on the floor and put them into <laughs> into order of what they should be so that i can actually catch up and start reading them because they are really good um and the annoying thing was i seem to be missing one issue and i've i've got hundreds Ooh. now there's one 11th doctor and i was thinking how did that happen how do you this, sleep this at wouldn't night have ha- this wouldn't have <laughs> happened if i'd have been putting them in order in the first place and i was really annoyed i was thinking yeah so i went online and of course it's an old one so they haven't got any but but um yeah but they are really really good i really highly recommend them and that that tales from the tardis thing that they've just started doing is kind of the same yeah. yep. they're really good i have to say if you can get those they've only just started coming out it was kind of like they it's kind of like their new way of trying to to put them out, isn't it? Another format, really. Yeah. But they're good. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. Mm. And they're from Titans as well. Okay. Um, I've closed the list, so I can't remember. What... Oh, yes. Number four is, of course, um, to search for fan content. And there is loads of great fan content out there. So there's loads of great podcasts, loads of great YouTubers, YouTubers. Um, and it is a good way of, of... I mean, I spend a lot of time listening to... Um, 
other podcasts. Yep. Uh, other podcasts are available, and I, I love podcasts, um, and also YouTube as well. So there's loads of great content out there, there from is. fans themselves. Yeah, if you jump into, uh, there's fairly, there's quite a few um, podcast apps out there these days. But if you jump into iTunes or, um, trying to think the other one, Stitcher Radio, there's a few of them, <clears throat> um, and just do a search for Doctor Who. There must be about. I know 30, 40 different podcasts out there. Not all of them are still going. No. Um, and some of them, you have to listen to a couple of them to get into it. But um, uh, there's a, a lot of really good podcasts out there. Um, a, a few mentions would be um, uh, the Crinoid podcast. Yes, like the Crinoid, yeah. Yep. Um, who's He? Um, who else is there? Um, our friends over at Procter. Progter Who's great. Progter Who's I love good. Progter Who. Those guys are yep. just, yeah. Um, our buddy Martin, uh, Bad Wilf, he does a good, he does some good stuff. Yeah. Um, there's just like, yeah, just do a search. There's, there's quite a few. I'm sure we've missed out a few there. They're like, I was boy, gonna say, boy, what about those. us? Yeah. I'm very sorry. Um, we do listen to quite a few. I just can't remember off the top of my head. If you want a really short, sometimes I've just like, when I need a really short, something to listen to like 15 minutes the memory cheats is a great little oh, podcast yeah, two yeah. guys that just they randomly pick a story and and then just talk for 15 minutes on it from memory about you know and it's a, just great if you just want a 15 minute quick blast or something while you're doing the washing up or iron or whatever you well that's <laughs> probably just me actually whatever you're doing but that's another good one and time vault is another good podcast oh, okay yep those guys are really good so yeah loads of good stuff out there just do do a little search yeah there's one called i think there's one called the doctor who show which is one that does a podcast but also goes out on youtube as well all right um, yeah which brings me on to youtube there's loads of mm. good um who tubers um <laughs> uh which you are obviously one of i am one yes you would consider yourself a who tuber i'm a yes i'm a who tuber yes yes quite distinguished role <laughs> um but there's there's quite a few good um uh YouTube accounts, uh, Epic Who, which our buddy Tom Dix um, mm -hmm. done, which has, which he's he's taken on some staff recently. He's now building a team yeah. of other Epic, Epic Who. himself with women, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, who else? Who Addicts Reviews, those guys are awesome. Always good. Uh, yeah. Matt and James, they've um, they've been going for a while now and they've got some, some really great, great videos. Um, and they, <laughs> they're often very funny as well. Um, who else is there? Ben Lett, Host Productions. Host Productions, yeah, very yeah, good. Very cool. I, I could go on for ages. There's... The Doctor Puppet, I love. Oh, yeah. yep. Watch the Doctor Puppet, it's yep. really good. Um, there's just loads. And again, if any YouTubers who listen to the show are thinking, hey, 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 what about us? I'm very, very sorry. If I've missed anyone, um, we'll just recap next week or something. We'll do like a quick list of recommended yeah, Watches I was going to say, Vote Saxon 07, I must mention, because his reviews of Doctor Who stuff are, are fantastic. And um, and Gargantuan Apple, who's one of our listeners, he's a great little YouTuber as well. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's loads. I just, yeah, you can never think when you're on the spot. Yeah. Uh, right, point number five, let's get through these. Uh, number five um, would be to start a fan project of your own. So there's there's one thing, you know, searching out all of the different podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff, um, but why not start your own? You know, as there's nothing... Uh, going on in TV at the moment, why don't you start a podcast or a blog or your own YouTube channel and just start waffling about anything you like about Doctor Who. I mean, that's how um, that's how we do 90% of our show. It's just waffle yeah. about, <laughs> about various things. I mean, even if we're in a particular segment like the review or whatever, we always waffle and go on about stuff. So, um, yeah, now's a, a good time. If you've been thinking... Because... 
I've I've had a few messages over the since I've been since we've been doing this podcast, um, saying how did you start the podcast and what do you need to do to start a podcast and you know what should I talk about and what sort of stuff should I do if I wanted to make my own podcast and the answer is that you shouldn't you shouldn't really contain yourself to a certain thing or a subject or a, a schedule or anything just start doing it I remember when I first started this podcast I was nervous as anything I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do so I tried to give it a little bit of a schedule and say I'm going to be this is Gary I'm going to be talking about this today and you know and it just ends up just becoming whatever you make it so if you've been thinking about it for a while and you're thinking yeah I could do that I could do a podcast or whatever just do it there's yeah. nothing stopping you at all jump in yes right tip six this is something I'm good at start your own merchandise collection I'm sure yeah. a lot of you out there have already but it's good I mean there's there's so there is still a lot of merch out there um, uh, one of the things that's caught my eye recently is the Robert Harrop um, figures, which just look fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, so I haven't got any yet, but but they're they're on the agenda. But there's loads of stuff. I mean, a lot of people like the Funko Pops. I've got quite a few of those. The Titan range, I think, is still really going quite strong. Actually, I still like the Titan stuff. Is that the blind boxes and the blind boxes? All that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm liking that. I've just picked up a couple of X Files ones. Actually, um, <laughs> I'm branching out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're still going strong, and they've they've the last ones they did was the Ninth Doctor collection, uh, which was really good with the little uh, what are they called Slovene little Slovenes. Oh, yeah. so the figures yep. in that were really good in that set. So yeah, yeah. But there's loads of there's loads of merch out there to to get your hands on and spend your hard and cash on. But yeah, that's what I was, yeah that's the reason why I put this one in there because again we get quite a few messages to say oh I love the pic that you put on of your new Funkos or you know new books you picked up are really good. I mm. wish I could you know. I've been really meaning to pick that up or stuff like that. Um, there is one one thing I want to mention, though, and this is a bit like when you see adverts on TV for gambling websites and stuff like that mm. and have the little gamble aware thing like that. Once you start, and I think you'll agree with this, mate, once, yes. once you start, it can become a bit of an obsession and, yes, and a bit can. of an addiction, especially with um, companies that bring out ranges of things. And variants. Uh, variants and stuff like that. So things like the Pop Funkos and the Titan figures, that can become a bit addictive. The so, Titans are murder as well because you get, you'll get you get one and you'll open it and it's like, oh, you don't know what's inside. And then if it's not the figure you want, but it's still yeah. good, you think, oh, I get it, but I need more now because yeah. you want to get the rest. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a can of worms. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want us to get sued because somebody's <laughs> declared themselves bankrupt and they're like, yeah, but Gary and Adam on the podcast said that I should start buying Doctor <laughs> Who merchandise. Yeah. Um, it's just a great way to show like, you know, a cool little display on your shelf or something like that. Um, and at the moment when there's no there aren't any new Blu-rays of the series coming out or, you know, new T-shirts about a new Doctor or anything like that. Now's a good time just to sweep through all of the bargain websites, just see what's on Amazon, see what's um, going on on eBay and just pick up a load of stuff that you've been wanting to, you've been wanting to get. Um, which brings us on to point seven, mate, about DVDs. Yes. Which is? classic dvds classics yes get yourself into classics and i know a lot of people have been doing this and it's it's brilliant to see mm -hmm. like you know people just going back and watching stories that they perhaps you know hadn't ever seen before um and really appreciating the you know the the, the classic series because there is so much good stuff out there yes there's a few clangers 
but um, even those <laughs> tend to have a, a charm about them. Yes. Um, but yeah, just get into the classic series, and uh, I think also you get to appreciate Doctors, which perhaps you you weren't so familiar with, and perhaps didn't think were that good. Like I know a lot of people sort of always think the first Doctors not that good he's a bit grumpy and then they'll watch one and say oh actually you know yeah he is grumpy but he's actually quite good as well and mm -hmm. you know so yeah get into the classics absolutely i i started getting as soon as i um started watching uh modern who um i immediately got into the classic stuff i think mm. i think after i'd finished the first box set i started picking up the odd classic but now it's like um a bit like the pop funkos it's now become a bit of a, an obsession it's a healthy obsession but it's become one of those so um i think i pick up like half a dozen discs at some point each month now so it, the collection is is growing which is really good but it's a great way to if you especially if you've not um watched many of the classics or you're not really interested in it if you just dip your toe in you know, and, and and get some of the more recommended ones. And what would you recommend from the classic years? Um, a few of the Tom Baker ones are amazing. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Pyramids of Mars. Pyramids of Mars, yeah. Brain of Morbius, City of Death is really good fun. I always think it's a nice light-hearted yeah. but good story. Genesis uh, of the Daleks. Genesis Inferno from the third Doctor. Yeah. Um, Mind Robber from the second. Uh, uh, Spearhead from Space. Oh, third Doctor is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. Time Meddler for the first Doctor is a really good one. Yeah. Um, Peter uh, Davidson, what's good in the Earth Shock? Earth Shock, yeah. Caves of Androzani. Oh, brilliant stuff. Um, what else is there? Sixth Doctor Wise. Um, Revelations, good. Actually, Revelations are good. Yeah. Since we revisited that one, that's a, it's a very dark. Be warned <laughs> when you go. Be warned when you go into the Sixth Doctor area. You're going into dark territory. Yeah. Um, but that's a good one. Um, um, McCoy. Um, what have we got there? Um, I'm, well, I'm... I always say Remembrance, but of course, <laughs> so that was when Gary first said to me about classics, like, yeah, you got to watch Remembrance, and of course, he thought it was rubbish. But as we know, times have changed. Yes. Um, so Remembrance, I think, is, is fantastic. Um, what other ones are there than McCoy? I mean, I like all the McCoys pretty much, to Some be honest. Them, yeah, I mean, the McCoy ones are, are generally good. Um, Curse of Fenric's great. Brilliant. Very yeah, creepy and scary. Lights. Yeah, Ghost Light's really good. Um, yeah, so the classic range, we could go on again. You like we Big Finish, we could talk forever. But if you've not got into classic Who, if you're like a modern Whovian and you prefer the, the, the new Doctors, but, you know, there's that whole just huge bucket of Doctor Who coolness waiting for you in the classic years, so do that. Yeah, um, and the stories that you like, it, no, that's the other thing about recommending. A lot of times stories that one Doctor Who fan likes another one won't so it's no you just dive in you know that's it just dive if you in. want to see a dangerous cactus get megloss <laughs> <laughs> get megloss yeah point so number that, you know, there's point, lots of marmite stories <laughs> oh absolutely yep uh, which brings us on to point number eight which is um get your doctor who marathon started yeah this is always a great th i love doing this um and it really doesn't matter what what marathon you want to start whether you want to start a rewatch from 2005 the eccleston series one and work your way through or if you want to do like a particular doctor so if you want to do like all the tenant years or the matt smith or if you want to do um if you want to do the classic stuff um and if you want to do a marathon of the classic doctors um obviously the eighth doctor era is a good one if you're short on time <laughs> um or the colin baker ones there's quite there's only a few there um the mccoy ones there's not a huge amount there no um and the second Doctor 
because a lot of them are lost, unfortunately. So there's not yeah. a, a great deal there. But those ones, if you want to do a bit of a marathon there, or if you want to do the regeneration stories, that's always a good one. So if you want to do like each doctor's regeneration into the next doctor and then that new doctor's first story, that's always, I really like doing that one. Mm. Um, in fact, I might do that soon. Yeah. Um, so there's loads of marathons that you can do. So you can, an, another good thing is to get your buddies around as well. So like this weekend, it's Doctor Who, pizza and beer night. And we're going to watch, I don't know, the E, the e Space trilogy. Oh, you know, where'd you pull that one from? <laughs> or, or we're going to watch, um, like, I don't know. Trial of a Time Lord. Trial of a Time Lord, yeah. All weekend. <laughs> so, but that's a really good, that's a really good way of, of passing the time as well. Get your marathon started. Yeah. Okay. Tip number nine is get yourself out to some Who events. Something I know quite a lot about recently. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's nothing better than, than than going to a convention and just mixing with other Hoot fans and, and meeting some some of the stars from the show and, and getting to see some of the costumes and props. Um, I think I speak for both of us when I would say we highly recommend the Doctor Experience in Cardiff if you can get there. Yes. It's just, yeah. I think it's at the minute possibly the ultimate geek out for a Doctor Who fan. Absolutely. It's just, yep. yeah, and they keep changing it. Someone did a video. I mean, it's only a few weeks I was there and... Um, uh, there's a YouTube video by Max Mitchison, who's uh, one of my YouTube friends. He's just been there, and I was watching it thinking, what, they've already changed? That wasn't there. And I was thinking, this is only two or three weeks ago. So it's always changing, a great place to go. Um, we go to the Phantom events in Chiswick. They're, they're you know, it's £10 a ticket, autographs are like five, ten pounds They're always really good. They're good Show for value. Masters. Great value. Very good for value, yeah. yeah. Um, Showmasters are good. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to say about uh, Yeah, Tenth Planet as well. Really good they events. Some great stuff. Um, I think they do quite a popular convention each November, October, November, called Dimensions. Dimensions, yeah. Which is a three-day thing. It's normally up in Newcastle, isn't it? Um, apparently, yes. I've not been to it before, but apparently it's very, very good. Um, and you mentioned the Showmasters one. Hmm. Um, now, the Showmasters is not specifically Doctor Who. True. But nine times out of ten, yeah. they will have people from Doctor Who there regardless if you go to the London one or the Cardiff or Sheffield. I think I think they do one down south. Don't they? they do a Brighton one. Yeah. Um, so pretty much all of those will have somebody from Doctor Who, and it's normally Colin. Colin! Uh, you know, Colin, he's like, he's like a convention, you know. He's just crazy. The amount of conventions that he does is unbelievable. I know. He's always there. I think McCoy's at a lot of them as well. It's normal. It's normally Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy, Sophie Eldred. Um, who else is there? I think uh, Matthew Waterhouse has started doing a few more these days. Yeah, because he lives in the states, but he has started doing a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and um, John Levine started doing John a few. John Levine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Nicola Bryant. She's normally there. Yeah, she's very nice. Yeah. Um, and over in the US recently, if you're a, one of our US listeners, you would have seen from. That's I'm me not, seething. Sorry, uh, I must. I'm not reaching for it. I'm not reaching for it. I, I, what was what was the name of the the convention? Was it WizardCon? WizardCon. Wizard you had um, Matt Smith, Billy Piper, and David Tennant all at the same <sighs> convention, which would have been amazing. So, um, and also for US listeners, you have got Gallifrey One. Oh yeah, which is a great um, uh, convention that we hear, which we are one day we'll get to. <laughs> we'll get day. to one day. Um, so there's loads of there's loads of stuff and these showmasters ones they're all up the country so they do one they do ones up in Newcastle I think they do one in Edinburgh yeah I think well. they do yeah. yeah yeah all the way down to Brighton 
So no matter where you are in a country, there should be one at some point near-ish to where you are. Yeah. Um, so get and out if, to a WHO event. And if you can get yourself, yeah, if you're anywhere near Reading, I mean uh, Windsor, <coughs> no, Slough. Slough, that's the one. Yeah, um, yeah get to the 10th, 10th Planet one. They always advertise it as Windsor, but we all know it's Slough. Of course. Yeah, to um, the Paradise Towers, I call it. <laughs> it does look. But they're good events, they are. Uh, they are. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier, one well, actually, the best thing about getting out to conventions and stuff is just geeking out with other people, yeah. es- especially at the Tenth Planet, um, Phantom Films, Gallifrey One, all those ones that are specific to Doctor Who. It's apps. It's just great because time just flies throughout the day. Because you're going to meet this person, you're going to a sign in there, you're getting an autograph there, you're bump into a bunch of people that listen to the podcast it's like oh great yeah and then you're like oh yeah i've seen your youtube channel and you just it's just one it's just a full day of like maximum who geekage yeah and it's brilliant it's absolutely great so what's the big the last one then number 10 number 10 um is sort your cosplay outfit (laughs) so while we've mentioned getting out to who events and stuff um why not just make it why not take it up a notch Mm-hmm. And just get yourself from like great status to legend status, um, and get yourself a cosplay outfit sorted out. Because that that's another element actually that makes the conventions really good is when you see people turn up in cosplay. And uh, <laughs> you you don't mind the odd bit of cosplay, mate, do you? I lo- I love cosplay. I'm laughing because I've just had a terrible image pop in my head, which I probably shouldn't share. But I've just had an image of me and Gary turn up as cosplay, and me as the fourth <laughs> Doctor, and Gary as K9. And I don't know where that's come <laughs> oh, from. Blimey. That would be awful. Um, that will never happen. Um, but um, yeah, I love the cosplay thing. I love it. Um, I love going to these events and and seeing people dressed up, and the amount of effort and stuff that people make, like some of the costumes. You think, wow. You know, especially there's a lot of six doctor coats I see at these events, and I don't know if they buy them online or make them or what. But yeah, yeah, they are really good. Yeah, there's always a lot of um, seventh doctor as well, because I suppose you can buy the jumper and the umbrella and that. So there's always a lot of seventh. Yes, I'm I'm trying to put together a fifth doctor one at the moment. Oh um, yeah, okay. I'm trying to find a shirt that has got the red question marks on. It's difficult to find, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I might have to just buy the question marks and iron them but on what or about something. The, what about the trousers, though? They're a bit weird, aren't they? Those those stripy, yeah, well, weird, that, faded... Yeah, they're not easy to find. Well, that that's the, the great thing about cosplay. You don't have to... You don't have to go all out if you don't want. Mm-hmm. You can just, you know, just do what you want. But um, it, does, it does add a sense of, you know, a, a massive sense of fun and, you know, and geeking out a bit more on on cosplay costumes and stuff so tip number 10 if you're going out to conventions and events and stuff why not take it up a gear and 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 dress yourself up it's all good well what do you think would be a good cosplay for me for you um i've always had the pirate from the pirate planet in the back of my head (laughs) just because i want the parrot (laughs) the uh, mechanical parrot i always think i'd be a great pirate okay um i can i can see you as um uh, 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 no, mate, not. I, I was I was going to say um you know the little the little you know in the ninth doctor um story the, the episode two when they're on the spaceship and they're about to witness like when the sun engulfs the earth not that space pig who's who's the who's the little thing that wheels out that's the space with, pig with, isn't it with the huge he's like a turquoisey green color and he's got like a huge massive head 
<laughs> oh no! You're, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the mocks of Balhoun or whatever he's called. Yes, yeah. I can see you Him. just being pushed around all day. Oh, I'd like That'd be that. your cup of tea. Brilliant, good one. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the um, shadow proclamation. Then I was like, no, yeah, that's a good one. I like him. Yeah, well, well you'd just be chauffeured around all day. That'd be great. I tell you what, just to mention cosplayers before we go. Do you remember at the when we went to the festival last year, and there was that young lad who was dressed up as Davros? Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, and really, he, really good. His parents had put that that Davros. Um, because I, I think he was a disabled guy, wasn't he, in a wheelchair? He was, And they yeah. had turned his wheelchair into, like, Davros's thing. Chair, yeah. And it was amazing. And he looked really good inside it as well. And, oh, that was cracking. So It was brilliant. It all lit up underneath. So I got all these lights, like, flashing. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so that, there you go. That's our awesome. guide to getting through Doctor Who when there is no Doctor Who on. There we go. Actually, one more thing to mention. There is Doctor Who on TV. If you guys are in the UK and have got a channel called, I think it's called Dub. It's just it's just called W now. It used to be called Watch. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just called W now. They have Doctor Who pretty much on every day. Have they changed the yeah. time? Because it used to be I'd get in from work, I'd switch it on, and then I'd get moaned at. No, don't change that. But um, it doesn't seem to be on at seven o'clock or eight o'clock, whatever it is anymore. Is it? Is it changed? I think it's on earlier. Yeah. I think. I think my partners emailed them and said, "Can you change the time?" <laughs> and there's also the Horror Channel. If you want to watch. Um, are they still doing the classics oh, on the Horror no, Channel? Oh, no, sorry. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. I was getting confused. I was thinking of the Horror Channel. Yeah, no, I don't think they do then because it doesn't seem to be on anymore. Yeah, right. that's what I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Adam! <laughs> Jamie, Zoe! Jamie! Zoe! What are we going to do this week, dude? This week, sec- second Doctor classic, The Tomb of the Cybermen. I am Klieg, Eric Klieg. I have brought you back to life. We of the logicians have planned this. You're alive because of us. Now you will help us. We need your power. You need our mass intelligence. Are you listening? Do you understand me? Now that I have released you... Ah! Let me go! I set you free! It was our bad! You belong to us. You shall be like us. Are you listening, Adam? Was that you doing that voice or was that a soundtrack? A soundtrack. Yeah. Are you listening? I'm listening. Are you listening? I'm listening. Right. Because that guy says that quite a few times. Are you he's, listening? He's very abrupt and yeah. he wants to make sure that everyone's focusing on what he's saying. Mm. Are you listening? I'm listening. The Tell tomb, me what it's about. The Tomb of the Cybermen. Um, so way back, 67. Yeah, wow. Um, four-parter. I, I, like you, you know, last week you said, oh, I'm sure this is a six-parter. Always think in my head it's six. I don't know why. I thought yeah. I was just about to say a six-parter, but it's not, is it? It's four. Four parts. Four parts, which is perfect for this story. It is. Yeah, six would have been too much. Because I was just thinking, you know, I thought that after I rewatched it yesterday. I thought this has ended really well in terms of timing. I thought if the, if they were to do it, if this was a six-parter, it probably would have dragged on a little bit Yeah. in episode three and four. But uh, yeah, so four parts uh, written by Kit Pedler, which is a great name, uh, and Jerry Davis, mm. um, directed by Morris Barry. 
these people wouldn't mean anything to many people because this is a long, long time ago. Um, story is thus, there's an expedition that has left Earth um, and they're on Telos, which is the home planet of the Cybermen or where the Cybermen were created, is that right? No, no, it's uh, no. See, I was getting confused with this yesterday. No, Mondas Mon is their home planet. Yeah, because I was thinking that as well. I was thinking, oh, so what are they doing on Telus? Yeah, oh, I've sorry, got a bit yeah. confused. Yeah, Mondas. I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Mondas so, is home planet, but they've stopped off at Telos. And <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, so, Mon so forget Mondas. Um, they've been trapped on Telos. They've been frozen in time almost on Telos, and there's an expedition from Earth to go and investigate said tomb, hence the name. Um, the Doctor, with Victoria and Jamie, um, land on this planet where this expedition is. They sort of super team up with this expedition and the Doctor and, and the gang. And it turns out that the Cybermen have laid pretty much a trap um, for people. So whoever would be the first people to go and, you know, explore this tomb and start fiddling and stuff um, they would release the cybermen cybermen would then snatch these humans and then the process would start all over again of them creating new cybermen pretty much yes and yes off the bat buddy one of Troughton's best it's brilliant I would say it's proper classic um, when you you know when you use that term, I think it really <laughs> does proper. apply. It's yeah. proper classic. It's proper yeah. good. It is good. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's Troughton's. Um, it it's you know like we said with previous stories where sometimes you just get things that are firing on all cylinders. Mm. So this has got a great. It's it's a good story. Good story. Great yeah. story. The script is really good. The support cast is mainly good. Mm. Troughton's great. Jamie's good. Victoria's a bit quiet, but <laughs> overall, and there's, and the the Cybermen, you know that old school classic Cyberman design is just beautiful. Yes, it's one of the most iconic sort of TV sci-fi um, images, isn't it? That really old school Cyberman, and, and I know they get overshadowed a lot by some of the newer designs. Mm. of Cybermen but um, if those of you have been to the Doctor Who experience you can see all the old school Cybermen helmets can't you and yeah, some of the original costumes and stuff and they just look fantastic they look so good and the old school voice as well the really old digitised mm. uh, voice and stuff so this is one of those stories for me where everything's working and it's one of those where one episode finishes and you're like no time for tea next one yeah, you, you know you're you're into it because you just want to see what's 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 going on. So for me, I I I, I just love this story, and I, yeah. and I think that's expected. I think people were probably expecting that. Um, so what did you think, like overall? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's it's great, and it's um because I do remember when this was discovered, and it was sort of pretty much rushed out on VHS because I can't remember if it was all missing or if just most of it was missing. Um, but it was found, wasn't it, in like 1991. That's right. And they got it out really quick, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they sort of rushed it out on video because I, I can remember in Our Price, uh, which was a record shop in the wow. UK back I've in the day. Remember heard, Our Price? I've not heard that in many years. Yeah. Yep. I can remember going to Our Price and they had this big poster, really big poster all down the wall of the Cyberman. And it was like black and silver. It's brilliant. I think I asked for it and I can't remember if I got it. If I did get it, <laughs> Um, I'm afraid it's been lost in the midst of time. I was trying to remember yesterday 
if I, if I actually got it. But I know I definitely said, oh, can I have that when you finished? Um, but I can't <laughs> remember if I ever got it. But yeah, I remember sort of like the big buzz um, about this. It was really, you know, when it was really something that this had been found because it got iconic status anyway because of the, you know, because of the photographs we, that were, you know, available for it. So, you know, you could just see these images of the Cybermen bursting out. So to be able to actually see it for real when it was discovered was, was there was a lot of excitement about it. And I think at first, I think perhaps people were like, oh, yeah, it's good, but it's, oh, it's not as good as I thought it would be because okay. there was such a big buzz when it, when it came out. But I think over the years, when you know now that sort of initial massive sort of expectation for it has, has died down, I think it really is a classic. Like you said, it's got a great story. Um, and yeah, there's very, very little to, to sort of fault with it. I think the cast are really good as well. Uh, it looks great. I, I agree with you. I love the design, uh, design of the Cybermen. I'm not a fan of the new design at all, uh, any of the new designs in the new series from from 2005 onwards they just don't do it for me at all um i like the 80s cybermen i like the 70s cybermen and i really really like these mm. these ones yeah i love the cyber controller with his massive brain oh yeah the big see-through dome that. which has got love his that. brain he's got a massive battery pack at the back as well <laughs> but i don't care because i think he looks great he does look great and uh, it's interesting that you say that there was a, a huge raft of expectation when this first got announced and then people were like yeah it's not that great but may maybe that's just falling foul of like you know when things get hyped up and then your expectation level goes through the roof and then you know so yeah. um because obviously i wouldn't have seen this when it was found and released because i wouldn't have been a, a who fan back then um so for for me this is just one of those i think this is one of the first well one of the first classic dvds that i picked up Oh, was um, it? Okay. Purely, purely because it was one of those, you know, you just, and this is what we were talking about earlier with tip number whatever, like starting your, picking up the classic DVDs. I think everyone goes through that process of just jumping on Google and like, what's the best classic DVDs to pick up and stuff like that. And I remember, remember thinking that, I, I think I must have missed it at first because I think I picked some load of Fourth Doctor ones and some Fifth Doctor and a couple of First Doctor ones. But when I came to this one, I thought. This is reviewed very well, you know, it looks great, but, you know, it just, I don't know, there's, there's nothing's jumping out at me that I want to pick it up. Mm. And then literally, I think the the second batch of classic DVDs that I bought, I thought, well, I'll stick it in there because everyone says it's really good. Um, and it really, it really is one of the best Cyberman stories. If, mm. you, if you can, if you consider it as, if you consider it as a standalone, just a really good isolated Cyberman story, um, it's just, it's so good. I mean, it does, it beats some of the more modern Cybermen stories, in my opinion. So yeah. um, what was the Tenet one? Was it Age of Steel? Oh, yeah. You know, mm. that was okay. Yeah, that, that was okay. But this absolutely beats that in terms, oh, of, yeah. in terms of a Cyberman story. Well, um, I'm thinking of the nightmare that was Nightmare and Silver. Oh, of right? course, oh, my yeah. Goodness, yeah. I mean, there's no question. I mean, Nightmare <laughs> and Silver in this one is absolutely no question. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is because there is a real threat yeah. to these Cybermen. I, I get the feeling that in some of the newer ones, especially, um, and the name escapes me, as you would expect it would, what was the Missy... You know, what was it? Um, oh, what? The, um, Death in Heaven? Death in Heaven, yeah. You know, all the Cybermen. Dark Water, yeah. They just didn't seem threatening enough. The, no. the threat just wasn't there for me. 
Um, they didn't seem threatening enough. And in this one, you do feel like they are completely terrified mm. of these Cybermen. The, the support cast, that's one of the things that they do a good job of. Is I think being, what we've you know, what we've lost in terms of scary. I reckon I, I don't know. I don't know if you'd agree with the new Cybermen. They just feel like tin men to me. Like in the mm -hmm. earlier Cybermen stories, like in this one and that, you can kind of tell that they're human. There's a bit of human, but that's been you know robotized or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So that sort of organicness and that scary thing that there's something in that suit. It, now they just feel like they just literally feel like um, actors in suits in the new series. There's no threat at all. Whereas these just feel like completely out of control, you know, humans that have been altered. There's there's still that sort of slight human element to them underneath all this you know, robotics, if you like. And I think that's yeah. what's missing from the, the the new one. So that's, I actually think they're really quite scary in this. You know, they really look like they're, when they're, I know they're sort of running around, perhaps looks a little bit pantomime now, but but when they're sort of grabbing people, I mean, there's a bit where the Sideman comes up behind the doctor and drags mm -hmm. him down, you know, in that tube. That's proper, it really does look scary. So, yeah, I think that, that they've lost that of recent times. Yes, I agree. And I, I like what you mentioned there about with these Cybermen. And I think due, mainly due to budget, I think if they could have done more, they would have done. But of, of course, it's just guys in, you know, silver rubber suits, you know, with boots yeah. on and, you know, some stuff stuck on them. However, that does add to the eeriness of it because you do, you do get that feeling that they were once, you know, human or some sort of human form. But now they've been, you know, made like them you know to quote a phrase almost because um, one so of the things i loved about 10th planet was they still had the human hands although legend says that it was actually just an error because the gloves was left at home but <laughs> I, I don't know never know if that's true or not or just something that's been said over time but you, i love the fact that the 10th planet Simons have still got the human hand yes you know it's like yeah. the last bit of human left i always think that's good yeah and that, i think that adds to the the creepiness of them because like you say like the newer designs everything is just completely metal and you know cyber you know as the name would say the name suggests and there's no you, you don't really get an insight into what's underneath the mask the only time no. we've seen that is danny pink you know when he lifts his mask up oh yeah you know that's the only sort of insight we see and you know in, into what makes um uh, a cyberman and we've seen it with daleks you know when you see like the actual dalek inside the you know the armor case and it looks a little bit grotesque and horrible um but we don't get that with cybermen anymore it's just a helmet and you know you don't see what was what was, what was once there whereas these classic ones you absolutely feel like ooh, that's a bit like you know they look human and they move human but they're not they've been tampered with and messed up and so i i really like that about the classic especially these also ones. the voice as well you get like they actually speak in this you know digitized voice which some people you know say if someone just walked in the room wasn't Dr. Man, but might laugh and say oh god what's that <laughs> but I actually think yeah. it's incredibly good and uh, they don't really speak in the new series do they they just say delete a lot you know we've kind of lost that whole that, that thing if there is something inside there it's just yeah. do they actually speak in the new series it's so long since I've watched they do new series ones I can't remember they but. do speak but they don't it, they also move at like 500 miles an hour and stuff now, they don't they? fly no. now and stuff. Oh, it's, God. Yeah, it's stupid, actually, uh, when you think about it. Yeah, and I hate saying this because I get the feeling that I, I say it all the time and listeners are probably like, yeah, Gary, we know. You know, you've said it a billion times. But I get the feeling that the writers just, they just took Iron Man 
and mm. just put it into Doctor Who because the armor looks really similar. So similar. And yeah. now they can fly just like Iron Man and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So in terms of the actual design of the Cybermen and their their function within the episode and stuff like that, a lot more threatening in this. And the, and the actual suit they wear is so simple as well. Mm-hmm. As I say, some people might look at it and just you know think it looks a bit um, dated, I suppose. But it's just a silver suit. We've got the chest panel, a few what would they call them? They're not ping pong balls, but they've got like these funny. <laughs> yeah, like know. these golf. You know, like these golf balls that have got the holes yeah. in. You know, yeah. so they can't fly through the air. It's they got those on their shoulders so even, and stuff. And, so even though it's simplistic, it still <laughs> works. I think it doesn't. You know, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've established Cybermen absolutely cracking in the story. Yeah. Um, what did you think to the way that we get to see the Cybermen? So we obviously know. I mean, that's another another interesting thing about this story is that oftentimes with a lot of Who stories, the Doctor lands somewhere. There's something go. He knows something isn't right. Something's going on, and then we get part way through the story, and then we get the reveal of what the monster is and what the problem is on this one we pretty much know from the off yeah that, it, that it's that it's a cyberman story because we know that this expedition from earth their their whole purpose is to go and investigate this cyberman tomb and then we get like the the, the logos of the cyberman's head on the doors Love and all that, that and yeah. all that stuff so i found that i find that quite interesting that we know completely right from the beginning that this is going to be a story about you know a, a battle with the cybermen yeah there's no shock reveal and i love that i love the doctor's line as well doesn't it he's like everything changed as soon as that name was mentioned yeah. what name that's cybermen yeah so yeah. yeah you're right i hadn't really thought too much about that but yeah you're absolutely right actually we we know where we're going with this from the start yeah yeah and i love all those designs as well they look great yeah oh yeah they do look good they do look a bit funny they don't really look at all like a cyberman's head the mm-hmm. way they've been drawn but it, you know it's still it's still funny, but um, and just to pick up on that as well, it's interesting because that then sets your level of um, suspense almost, because constant because now now you know right from the beginning that it's a Cyberman story. Mm. From that point on, you're then like, so when are we going to see him? Yeah, that's true. You yeah, know, when when are they going to spring up on us, or whether they? And it's that really good build up where everyone's fiddling with dials and levers, and they're trying <laughs> to get into different vaults and rooms and everything's a bit weird because you get that really nice build-up where they see like the weapon testing rooms where that fake cyberman comes out and gets blown up and you think oh it's a cyberman because that's a good cliffhanger isn't it for episode one where you you get that fake one and then you get into episode two and you realize it's fake and stuff so you think right well when are they going to make an appearance then and then it's that really good build-up where they actually find all the tombs and you know they're going to come out. And it's just like, oh, no, they're coming. <laughs> so I really like the story and the writing of how they've built it up. Where it's, not, a, it's not the sorry. shock factor, is it? It's not like, oh, my God, the monster this week is the Cybermen. It's like, wow, we know they're coming, but oh, God, when are they coming? And also, it's not like um, they don't sort of burst out either, do they? It's not like, oh my god, it's not all done in in like um, like that. It's it's actually quite slow, and it's a really iconic scene, isn't it? Of them just slowly coming back to life and awake, and it's it's more eerie in a sense because I I think you think, well, they're trapped down there with them, so they don't. It doesn't matter how quick or slow they burst out; they they they're down there with them. That's the end of the story. So like. 
that that scene when they're pushing through, as I said, is so iconic anyway. And it did surprise me watching it again the other night how how it it really takes its time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you yep. know, it's much slower than I remembered, but I mean that in a good way. It, it just, um, yeah, it's just a really iconic scene when they finally do slowly awaken. And I'll tell you what I loved as well was when they free the cyber leader, how he's just sat with his oh, yeah. in his hands. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just so brilliant. It's just such a little simple thing, but it's just as if he's been waiting all this time and he slowly comes back out. And yeah. it's like he's in a big fridge, isn't it? They just open the door and he's yeah. just sat there. Brilliant. I yeah. love it. It's almost like they're creating these little iconic um, sort of visual things that you can remember from the episode because, you know, you you've, you completely and utterly remember those sort of round oval shaped pods that they're sitting in yeah you know and the way that they break through the plastic and stuff and like you say the way the the cyber leaders just sat there in that pose mm. you can't not you know you, you just it's just it gets sort of shoved into your mind and you can't forget that those sort of classic scenes mm. um so cybermen absolutely brilliant there's no I've, I've got no complaints at all i mean you some people do nitpick on the costumes and they do nitpick on, you know, certain things. Like there's in several scenes, there's like the rubber tubing that's fixed to the costume. You know, it's like hanging off on some scenes and yeah, things like that. Yeah, there's a bit right. where a side man rips his yeah. arm as well. And yeah, there's a few bits like that. But eh. things like that. But, you know, what? Doesn't matter. You know, this is this is really old black and white TV with mm. like, you know, next to no budget as we know. So what, you know, you, you have to forgive those things mm. because they're just doing what, they're just getting on with it, really. Um, so I've got I've got no complaints with the Cybermen at all. What did you think so, we were saying about the, the the sort of direction though? I I don't know about you, but I think Morris Barry does a a really decent job with this. I think it's reasonably well paced. It's yeah. a little bit wordy at times, but I think it's well paced, well shot. I think it's pretty well directed. I think I think it's really well shot mm. because most of it is studio, isn't it? There's a few outdoor bits at the beginning, yeah, and at the end, but the majority of it is all studio stuff, and sometimes like some of the classic stories in the studio can be a bit boring in their direction mm. but i thought this one was okay yeah, yeah. especially because we've only really yeah it's pretty much contained to two or th- uh three or four rooms it's not yeah not a great deal i mean we do get to see outside like you said but yeah considering it's all kind of enclosed in that tomb and mm. and, and that yeah it does does move along pretty well and talking of cybermen mm. um we get to see something else for the first time don't we oh yeah 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 which is our little our little menace friends the pesky cybermats the pesky cybermats that yeah. sometimes get into our podcasts and cause little technical gremlins mm. um but the cybermats they um i was actually impressed with how these little these little things worked back in 1967 yeah i love them because it would have been it would have been so easy for them to just create like the little design and then just put a little toy motor in and they just go in a straight line and that's it. Yeah. But their little tails move. They've got like the little segments of metal that make up the tail. There's one bit where the little teeth move as well. It's just one yeah, yeah. shot. I'm yep. thinking, what? Yeah. And they, they obviously, they can't do much. You know, they can't even go, mm. you know, they can't really do other, anything else other than go straight forward. Um, but the way their little tails wag as well, that was a good little effect. So I was really, when I first saw it, I remember thinking, wow, that looks pretty good for from Doctor Who from 1967. 
Yeah, I um, love the design of them. I like their big pulsating eyes as well. You occasionally get a shot of their eyes. They look like they're going to burst. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. they? I love all that. They're quite cute, these ones. They are a little bit cute. They're yeah. quite cute. They've got big sort of almost friendly faces because they've just got these big sort of puppy dog eyes. and Yeah. They are quite cute. So the Cybermats, they make an appearance, don't they, for the first time. I, I love the bit where one of them jumps on, um, what's her name? <laughs> the villain's oh, shoulder. Um, yeah, it's, um, is it? Uh, Captain, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, when it jumps on his shoulder. Yeah, it's really yeah. well, again, directed, cut, whatever, edited, whatever you want to call it. It's really well done, actually, because you know it's coming. Because you just sort of see it rustling in the back. It's just the way it's <laughs> suddenly on her shoulder and she screams like mad. And, yeah. and uh, I love that scene. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about supporting cast then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Overall, pretty good. Very good, actually. Um, I really like them. Yeah, yeah. there's, yeah, like you said, one or two. I, I, have, so good, but... I have to ask though, because I, I, I do have to ask this whenever there's an American mm. character. Um, is it Native American or American accents? It's a, it's American accent, isn't it? Because it's not. Yeah, because it wasn't too bad. In some places, we've heard worse. We've heard absolutely heard worse. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't too bad. Um, so the, the, the two Americans, they're like the, um, they were like the, the technical engineer type people, weren't they? Yeah. I think is it they were Hopper, isn't it? Captain Hopper. Is Captain, that the one? That's it. Yeah. Hopper. Yeah. And the, the, the guy who has more dialogue, I think it's Hopper. He, his accent was better than the other guy with the dark hair. Yeah. Um, but they were, um, they were Okay. Yeah, they're okay. they're actually they're good. Yeah. I think yeah, nothing. Yeah, no no qualms for them at all. Yeah, as I say, the accent when he first started speaking, I thought oh a little bit dodgy, but yeah, it's it's fine. It does a good job, and his acting's fairly decent. You know what he's given as well. Well, he has a couple of good scenes where he really, really sort of um, uh, doesn't take any mess in from mm. from um, the character's name. Who's the 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 expedition leader? It's um, Harry. Uh, Professor Parry, yeah, he he doesn't take any messing from him. Or Klee, I mean, there's Klee's the one who turns bad. Klee. Well, he is bad. Eric Klee, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, we need to we need to take off immediately. <laughs> he's basically like, uh, nope. And if Not you disturb hurt. me, I, it's going to be even longer. So, button it, and I'll and I'll get on it. It's great. I, I love those scenes where he's because he, he's more in control than anybody. Yeah, he does seem say. to be. Yeah, the others panic a bit, don't they? They're all cracking up and, he's locked the door, we're going to die. They're all sort of cracking up, aren't they? Whereas he's a bit calmer, like, yeah. yeah. He's got that typical... You ain't going nowhere. He's almost got yeah. that typical US Top Gun sort of yeah. fighter pilot sort of mentality. It's pretty good, actually. Um, and what did you think to um, uh, Kleeg and, and is it Kaftan? Captain, yeah, Captain, the, yeah. And, yeah, and Toberman. They're the sort of three that are in... Um, in cahoots. Cahoots, that's the word. Yeah. They're in cahoots, aren't they? To, <laughs> they've got this crazy plan, haven't they, of, of f sort of freeing the Cybermen, but they think they're going to work together to conquer the world, which uh, was never going to work, let's face it. They this wanted is, to build a new world, didn't they? Yeah. But it's pretty much doomed to failure, right from the mention of <laughs> we can work with the Cybermen. It's never going to happen. So huge um, but, buckets of naive, naivety there. But I love Klieg. I think he's brilliantly cast. Um, <laughs> he's good, actually. The actor, George Pastel is the actor. Um, he's brilliantly cast. He's he's one of these actors that's um, playing a villain, and but a villain you love to hate. He's really likable, but really evil. Um, I just like him. He's just like you. Just know that he's on a he's on a 
on a losing battle here. And yeah. So you're like, oh, Cleeg, give it up, mate. Isn't you know, it, yeah. But I think he acts really well. I love him. I think he's really well cast. Um, and and also I like Captain. I think she's good as well because she's. The thing is, she kind of has that evil, mis- you know, that sort of evil look about her anyway because of the way she's been made up. So you kind of think she might be bad from the word go. Whereas Cleeg, you know, you don't really think that to begin with until he locks all the doors and then starts to take over. Okay, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, because that bit where Captain shoves poor old Victoria in the <laughs> cyber unit and tries to kill her, I was like, whoa, harsh? That was a bit strong, wasn't it, quite early on? strong. It's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. She's not she's not messing around, is she? She's just like, get in there. Nah. Yeah. They were cast well, very well, actually. Really good. Cleeg yeah. and, and Kafton, they were. They, they had that sort of villainish way about them, but they were quite subtle to begin with. Yeah, that's what I love. They're, yeah. they're, they're really good to watch. They're not over-the-top villain exactly. like you yeah. sometimes get. They're just really nice performance from both of them, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think to uh, Professor Parry? Professor Parry, yeah. He's, was again, he from, is he, he, was he Welsh? Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So. No. Again, good. A very good supporting cast. He. Yeah. I was going to say he doesn't get as much to do as the others, does he? He's not in it quite as much. He gets a few shouty scenes, which are quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Where he gets a few panicky scenes. Yeah. He stamps his authority. He really smacks down Cleeg um, oh, early yeah. on. You know where Cleeg's, um, uh, when they're outside and they're about to break in, so they find the tomb and they they're going to break in and. Colleagues, you know, he basically parries like, your financial commitment, I made it clear, would not have any (laughs) bearing on your leadership. And it's really just, you know, early on, just like makes, you know, makes me aware who's boss. Yeah. So he's good. Some good little scenes like that where he's trying to stamp his authority and things like that. So, yeah, very, very good cast as well. Mm. And they they work really well together, actually, don't they? I was going to say, everybody that's in this is kind of um, playing their part pretty good, I think. yeah, I think overall the cast just gel really nicely in this one. You kind of get each character pretty much straight off, I think, is yeah. what I like. You kind of know who, like you said, you get the feeling that he's kind of in charge, or at least he thought he was until Cleek went nuts. And So, yeah, <laughs> no, I think they were pretty good went together. Went nuts, yeah. Yeah. And what did you think to, um, uh, what, what's the character's name that gets his arm converted into a, you know, like Man. the bodyguard kind of. Toberman. I, I would say out of the out of the support cast, he was n- not the best in terms oh, of his. Right. Before. It was okay. Yeah, he gets about three lines. <laughs> I, I mean, more of his performance, like when he's getting when he's getting a few slaps off the off the cyber the cyber Oh yeah, and he yeah. and he does that weird kind of wobble faint thing, yeah. which is a bit. I think he's just like, you know, I'm getting paid a few quid here. I'm going to make the most of it, like my screen time. Well, I, no, I think he's, yeah, he's all right. I, I think he probably got to the end of the script and thought, oh, so this ends with me dead on the floor and everyone just going, okay, then bye. Because <laughs> yeah. I just think that when at the end I thought, what, they're just, just going to leave him on yeah, the floor dead? Not, not a bit harsh. Yeah. Um, no, I think Toad Man's all right. He's, as I say, he kind of fulfills his role. I mean, he's a big guy, isn't he? You know, you know, you know that he's going to do all the the rough, rough all stuff. The heavy lifting, literally. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we've got to come <laughs> on to that later. But I'll yeah. say, yeah. Um, so he was, he was okay. I just sort of thought he was, he hammed it up a little bit and a bit. Yeah, yeah. but he was okay. Yeah, I um, don't think there's anyone in this that's really sort of cringy or bad. There's no one in it that I thought, oh god, you know, they're awful. And I think they're all pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There isn't anyone that you think, oh wow, this is this is dreadful. 
Yeah, they all they all down. And yeah. like you say, they do work well together. Mm. There's a good chemistry there. Um, yeah. uh, Victoria, or as they keep calling her through the episode, Vic. Vic. Well, oh God, I love Deborah Watlin after meeting her recently, but I've got to say she's not really that good in it. I'm sorry. No, I, no, it's fine. I agree. I totally agree, mate. I, it's not really her fault because she does kind of get sidelined big time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it does actually feel very much of the time. They're very patronising to her because she's a woman. Yes. Didn't you think? I thought, oh, you know, you wouldn't do that now. You'd get a slap. It's very much of the time. It's very much the of the time. So I do yep. feel a bit sorry for her because um, she just kind of gets told, even by the doctor, I think, you stay there. She's kept well out of the action. Yes. Yep. She gets. She does steal a cyber map, which is, <laughs> which is interesting. But, yeah, she's a little bit twee in it. But again, not bad by any means. She's not, you don't think, oh, God, Victoria, awful. She's not bad at all, but she just doesn't really get anything to do, bless her. No, I mean, just sidelined. Her performance is okay. She's she's playing Victoria as she would, you know, as you would typically expect her to be, but she just doesn't do much, really. She doesn't contribute much. She just sort of whinges quite a bit and... But she's she's really young, isn't she? I think she, when she filmed this, I think she's only like nineteen or something. Was, so I've got to yeah, I yeah, got to let her off. And also, it's only her second story, I think, because mm-hmm. um, although this is the first story in series five, I think series five, yep, yeah, it's the first story. Uh, yeah, it's only her second story. Um, I really, really wish that because Evil of the Daleks was the story before this ended series four. And oh, can you imagine having that? I mean, <laughs> it's such a shame that. That that's missing because it, you know, I'd, I'd love to see what went on before this. It, again, it's a bit like the photos that were going around before this got found. You know, you see yeah. photos from Evil of Daleks, it just looks incredible with the big um, cyber, uh, sorry, Dalek controller or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But, but anyway, yeah, so it's only a second story and it's the first, I don't know if it's the first one they filmed in Series 5, but it was the first one to be shown. So I'll give her a bit of slack. She's, she's all right. She's okay. Yeah. Uh, Jamie! 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 Brilliant. I Jeremy. love Fraser Hines. I love Fraser Hines. He's he, brilliant. He's good. He's um he's a he's he's a frisky. He's a frisky one, isn't he? he? Is. He's always up for a fight. He's always up for He likes the ladies. He does, yeah. He's just he's just he's like an excited schoolboy. Yeah. He's in he's into everything. He wants to get stuck in with investigating. He wants to get stuck in if there's trouble. He wants to be involved in detective work. He just want he just wants to be involved, doesn't he? And, in, in everything that's going on. I, I just love the character. I, lo- I think Fraser Hines is great. I, I think him and Patrick Troughton have really worked so well together. They are just gelling by now. They, you can tell that they're just good friends. You know, yeah, you know it's yeah. just, they're just great together. I mean, that lovely little scene where, <laughs> where, they, where they're holding hands by mistake, you know, when they first oh, walk yeah. in and he's supposed to, <laughs> the doctor's supposed to take Victoria's hand, but he grabs Jamie's by mistake. It's, it's brilliant. Um, they were saying on the making of actually because of the way Dot Two was filmed back then, th- there really wasn't any time for retakes unless something went really wrong, mm-hmm. seriously wrong. They couldn't retake, so they said they didn't tell the director they were going to do that because they knew that they they would have to leave it in because they oh, okay. said if they yeah. told him, he'd be like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. So they just did it, knowing that it would have to be left in, and it's such a cool little moment. I love it. That's I can I can well believe that because there's probably three or four scenes where there's a couple of little misplaced words and mm. and things, isn't there? Um, and they just, like you say, there's no time for retakes unless it was a showstopper. So yeah. it's just been left in. And you, yeah, so I can well believe that, yeah. 
Yeah, but I think I think Fraser's good. Fraser's like great. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the character. I like I like Fraser. And like you say, he's ge- he he gels really well. He works those two, Patrick Troughton and Fraser Hines. They work very well. Yeah, they Doctor do. And companion. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something that's been missing from Doctor Who for a while, having a male companion that's quite strong and can work really well with the Doctor. Yeah, because I think Rory and the Rory was good in a comic sense, didn't he? Like him and Matt Smith's sort of spun off each other quite a bit. Well, um, but he wasn't a strong character in terms of getting stuck in. He was a bit of a, wi- a wimp, really, wasn't well, he? But here's the thing with like the modern, the modern doctors and male companions, if you want to call them that, mm. is that they always just seem to be a bit of a, just a bit of a, um, a, a laughing stock. For the doctor because he's like a tag along for the female companion that he's really yeah. with yeah like um with mickey mickey i was know, thinking that he yeah. just got destroyed by the doctor in pretty much every episode like especially just, the ninth doctor yeah and the ninth yeah um and also yeah with um with danny pink as well even recently mm. you know the, the peter capaldi's doctor never really gelled or there was never that chemistry with Danny Pink because he wasn't. I wouldn't class him as a companion anyway. But really, you know, like no. so, I think maybe I'm not. You know, I'm not putting anything out there, but perhaps that's maybe what's been missing from from who is like a strong male mm. sort of force within the TARDIS. You know, someone I'd, like Jamie. Yeah, I agree with you. I'd hundred percent. I'd I'd like to see see that because it it would change the dynamic. I think we've played it a little bit safe. Um, yeah. Since it come back, let's yeah, let's mix it up a bit. I don't know if Moffat's going to do that though. I doubt it. Can't see it. Well, it absolutely wouldn't be in a Moffat era. No, I don't not, think not it, at no. all because you know it it would upset too many of the the people who like the romantic element of. Anyways, mm. um, so uh, Patrick Troughton, really good, fantastic, actually. Um, again, I think because he's working so well with Jamie as well, but. Um, yeah, he's 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 just he's just brilliant. He's so into the role at this point, isn't he? And he's he's really good at um switching from humour to to serious. Pat. Yes. He can yep. go from being this sort of um almost clown like hobo to to being <laughs> absolutely in control. I mean, I love the little scenes where he's showing like helping the guy to you know to get the computer going but doing it so he doesn't realize because to make him feel good he's sort oh, of pressing yeah. the buttons behind his back isn't yeah. he making him think he's doing it all um yeah pat's brilliant you I, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that he's he's superb in this yes and it's it's often one of those um when we when we're doing these reviews and we don't really talk about someone's performance that much it normally means because it's just amazing and mm. there isn't really much that you can go into we normally talk about poor performances more in detail but i'm just with you on that one mate it's just such a great performance and he does have this really great knack and i think i think that's why a lot of people compare matt smith to patrick troughton because Mm. they both have this really good ability to go from very serious and stuff to just like a acting like a complete fool and a clown like a snap of their fingers yeah. So really, re- really love how he does that, and he also does. Patrick Troughton does it. You know, each Doctor, each or each actor to play the Doctor has these funny little sort of Doctorisms about them. Um, yeah. One of the things I like about Patrick Troughton is how he stares at people with this funny <laughs> sort of not scowling face, but he's got this frown, this sort of constant frown where his nose is turned up a bit. And, 
you know, because he's quite a small chap, he like he he just you just see him like look up at these other actors like when they've just finished their line. The camera sort of stays on him for another couple of seconds while he's just sort of frowning and he's yeah. not he's not scowling or anything like that. But I always notice that about Troughton and it it's just it's one of those little things that bring a smile to your face. It's a bit like um when John Pertwee's having a fight in any of his shows and his eyes go cross-eyed and bulbous oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. he does this weird face. It's just one of those little things that those actors do. And I love that about Troughton. He's a screen presence, isn't he? He's one of these people that you just, just love every minute that he's on screen. Yes. He's one of those doctors, isn't he? You just love him. I've got to say, I love he does. There is a great scene with him and um, Jamie where he cracked a joke. What is it he says? I've written it down. It says something about him having a complete metal breakdown and Jamie goes, oh, <laughs> you know, what a terrible gag. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is firing on all cylinders. Oh, definitely. You know, he's he's got, well into it, yeah. Yeah, he's got the gags. He's got the seriousness. He's got that typical... Um, although I would, I was going to say he's got like the man, he's the man with the plan, but he doesn't have that, does he, in this really? Because it is a constant battle right up to almost the end of the last episode where the, the Cybermen are still a threat mm. and he hasn't really got anything, you know, he, he's not one of these typical doctors that we've seen in, in the current years maybe where even when you think they're on the ropes, they've got like this little plan you know, put aside that's going to save the day. Um, I was going to say that out of habit, really, but he doesn't have it in this, does he? No, I like. I kind of like the way he's, he, you you mentioned it earlier because we kind of know it's a Simon from from the get go, and I kind of love the way that Pat's Doctor tiptoes into this, doesn't he? Because he's yeah. he instantly knows what he's getting into, and he's almost you can tell that he's almost like he's treading very carefully, but you can also see this bubbling excitement that he almost wants to investigate and he's you know that's what i love about pat stops you mm. can see that he's like oh i can't resist it i can't resist going in yep. and seeing the cyber event even though i know that it's going to be a disaster i can't you know can't resist yeah um and uh, we have to talk about that lovely little scene with victoria where he's talking about because this is quite unusual isn't it there's a scene where the doctor and victoria talk about family and we we when oh, yes. do we ever yeah. hear the doctor talk about his family? Oh, yeah. And this yeah. is a scene I'd I'd really completely forgotten about. So when it when I watched it the other night, I was thinking that's a that's unusual and really quite nice because um, it's not too sentimental either, is it? It's kind of just a little short scene of the doctor saying, "Close your eyes, Victoria." I sometimes think about my family. I'm blah blah blah. I'm 450 years old and. Yeah, it's a really nice little scene, and again shows Pat being a, a really nice, warm doctor that 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 he can be. Yeah, it's only a couple of minutes, isn't it? It's just yeah, that it's, really short, it's yeah. a really short little scene between the two of them. And um, you're absolutely right; we we hardly ever hear about the doctor talking about his. The only time we hear it really is when they're having one of those melancholy, you know, my planet isn't there anymore. Oh yeah, you know, it's it's that like you know, I remember the 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 fields of, of Gallifrey and all that sort of we don't really hear the doctor talking specifically about missing anyone of his family really. Yeah. And stuff like that. So it is a nice little touch and it is and it, that's just another example of how well written this story is. Because it does make you think afterwards. I think that's a good a sign of a good a well written story is when you've you've watched it and then you think about these little things afterwards. Mm. You know, it makes you think like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard the doctor talk about his family before and especially missing them and those little nice, those nice little scenes. So it's definitely a well-written story. I guess that's what, yeah, it's one of those scenes, isn't it, that um, the 
doesn't need to be there, but it's great that it is. It's a bit like the cafe scene in Remembrance. It's one of those nice little scenes that you just love. But if it wasn't, it has kind of no relevance to the story. It kind of takes you out just for a few minutes. Yeah. Just to have a nice little, you know, calm things down, have a nice little moment. So, yeah, I, I love that bit. I must admit, I did like that scene in Remembrance. Yes. Well, it's, yeah. And again, you know, when you watch it, it's really short. I remember the last time I watched Remembrance thinking, oh, it's the cafe scene. I love this bit. And it's only like a minute or something long. You know, it's a really short little scene. But just like you said, but it's one that stays with you yeah. after you've watched it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, other little cool bits from this story that I want to mention um, would be um, scenes that I, th- I think a lot of people would criticise because it's they would probably label it as as bad TV making. But some of the some of the things that they did in terms of effects, I thought were okay for the time, um, like the bit where um, there's a scuffle and Toberman. He's like having a he's having a, a bit of a fight with a Cyberman, and then they go off camera, and then when he comes back on camera, he's sort of lifted him up above his, and you can tell that it's a dummy, yeah, you know, or a mannequin or something, and it's it's great because as the viewer, you know, a hundred percent, unless you were like a very small kid watching it, you know, you know, a hundred percent that that is not <laughs> the actual Cyberman he was just fighting with, but it works, it you know, those little things work, and there's another bit where you know when they when they start using the, you know, at the very beginning where they find that weapon that they've been testing, Mm. you know, and then when they start using it later, it's got like a little black sort of bathroom, like a plug hole thing at the end. Oh yeah. And when they fire it off, it sort of go little things like that, which Mm -hmm. must've been so difficult to do. I, I don't, I think sometimes we, we don't appreciate that to make a TV program with so little money back in the day. Um, it must have been so difficult for them to sort of get that to work how it they wanted it to work in front of the camera. Yeah. So little things like that, I just love. And the bit as well where the Cyberman has been electrocuted and he's laying on the floor and all the shaving foam's coming out of him. Yeah, that's actually quite that. creepy. That is, ve- well, it's very creepy, but it's really well done. Yeah. It, it, it looks fantastic. And it, it is one of the more creepier bits, isn't it? You got I think it point? did get, yeah, it did get, a, I don't know about complaints, but it did get a bit of attention, I think that bit it's weird because i was thinking when i was watching that i thought it's creepy but i don't know why because it's like there's nothing it's not horrific like there's nothing horrible about it but it somehow is isn't it because it just sort of pops open and maybe it's just because he's writhing around i yeah. don't know but it's it's a great yeah it's really well done i might have to slightly disagree with you about the the dummy cyber leader because i did laugh I, of oh, course, yeah, it. of course you laugh. It's more it's yeah. not so much the fact it's the dummy, it's just more the way he throws him into the controls that just <laughs> that made me laugh. But the, the the thing that saves it is is the fact that after that you see um Michael Kilgariff, isn't it, playing the cyber leader. Yeah. You see him sort of crawling along the floor in his hand, which then takes it back to being quite sort of serious. You think, Oh, you know, he's not dead. Um, even though the dummy's head just did just split in half if you, you know it's suddenly <laughs> yeah. back together but but no I, yeah like you said it's it's amazing what they managed to get on screen yeah with what they were given yeah it's all good stuff anything else you want to mention mate before we get on to scores um because normally no. we get through the scores you're like oh i was going to mention yeah i'm looking at my no not i'll probably remember something but no looking at my notes i think i think we've covered it yeah right it's you to go first um nine out of ten a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I, I think it's. A, I do think it can be labelled a, a proper classic. Yeah, it's good. There's 
I can't think of any, particularly anything bad about it. I think the cast are good, story's good, it's well produced, music's good, or whatever it is, yeah. Um, I love it. Yep. Yeah, it's all good, it's yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. Pat's I'm, great. I'm with you, mate. A nine. You going for a nine as well? Yeah, I have to. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's one of the best. It's one of it's one of the best um, classic era stories, and it's one of the best Cybermen stories. Yeah, w- without a shadow of doubt, purely because the Cybermen are scary and threatening, are, which yeah. is what they haven't been in a long time, mm-hmm. which I love. And um, uh, a, a wee bit of trivia. It's not really trivia; it's just a tiny little thing. But in the in the book, the target book of this, um, it's called Doctor Who and the Tomb of the Cybermen. Oh. Which is interesting. Because mm. they rarely change that. It's almost exactly the same. I do notice that the original target cover's got the wrong Cyberman on it. It's got one of the newer. <laughs> it's got one from Invasion, I think, yeah. instead of the ones that are in it. Because I noticed that, because I really like the cover, actually. Yeah, it's, it's cool. got this blue background with just the Cyberman's head is, yeah. is the cover, isn't it? But um, yeah, unfortunately, it's not the... Well, it doesn't really matter, actually, does it? Does it? No, yeah. no. Because the book could be taken in its own content. But yeah. but yeah, I did notice that. So if you've not read... If you've not read... If you've not seen <laughs> Tomb of the Cybermen and you're after a good... You, I, I imagine if, there's, if you haven't seen this one, but you also think, wow, I haven't really seen a decent Cyberman story in a few years mm-hmm. then absolutely go and check it out yeah definitely it's one of the yeah. it's one of the good ones uh, right what did you guys think um, let's start on Twitter um, this is uh, Charlie uh, Twitter name is at Fezmaster 2014 um, he says oh enjoy one of my favourite Doctor Who stories of all time it's fantastic Brilliant. Uh, Joe Max um, says uh, his Twitter name is at cup of tea witter says a uh, just very short and sweet a classic um, George Garrity at G unit 91 he likes to put his uh, thoughts over several tweets and he says uh, oh yes one I can be positive about because I think the last mm. couple of weeks he's not had very good things to say about the stories he says uh, this one's a cracker despite following the base under stage format common in that era of who this really brings something new to the table um, all of the acting and characters are fantastic even screamy old Victoria there are great <laughs> iconic scenes in this too most notably the Cybermen's entrance and Troughton's speech uh, although some people criticise the Cybermen's voices in this story I believe they are hauntingly beautiful yeah. um, take the line you belong to us you will become like us um, oh, so even reading so it good. is so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is such a brilliant classic, and I'll be slightly generous and push up the rating to a whopping ten out of ten. Oh yes, good stuff. Moving over to Facebook, um, our good friend uh, Nick Gill says the rediscovery of this story was unprecedented back in the day. Um, it was rushed to video release so fast I couldn't believe it, and the sci-fi media expectation was huge, and the marketing campaign equally so. Uh, he says, a six-foot Cyberman posters in HMV in the early 90s. Mm. Um, having only glimpsed stills from the story in the past, this was one of the many Troughton stories I thought I'd never see. Uh, it's a great story and very iconic and um, of, the tra- of the Troughton monster years, quote-unquote. Uh, the story is good, but the imagery has lasted the test of time. Um, uh, the Cybermen emerging from their tombs uh, are so much better than the fridge doors of attack. Mm. Uh, still one of my absolute favourites of all time um, and then he had a nice little story to say um, he managed to get one of those posters 
Um, oh, he got it. Ah. Yeah. Um, he said they'd only a running out. His dad drove him to Nottingham, uh, where they called um, to say they were taking it down. Um, it covered most of his wall back in they the decade. They were big, yeah. yeah. I clearly remember them all the way down the door. Yeah. yeah. Has he still got it? Um, I think so. I think he says he's oh, still got it. Oh, lucky. Oh, I'd love to know if I... I can't remember if I got mine. I don't know. Yeah, he says he still has it somewhere. Wow. So maybe we'll buy it off you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a good it. poster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sammy Satine. Uh, it's a good story for the most part. It goes along really well. The only thing that doesn't work for me is the fact that the Cybermen take so long to get out of their pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Cybermen voices are a bit annoying. Um, it's good to see Jamie and Victoria, and that scene where Jamie and the Doctor held hands instead of them holding Victoria's is funny. Yeah. Uh, Troughton is awesome, and his uh, semi-speech to Victoria about her father is touching. Excellent story. Certainly improved on the second watch. Uh, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. Um, uh, she gives it 8 out of 10. Oh, uh, P.S. I wish we could have a Jamie in the TARDIS again. Ah, oh, there you go. So do we. Uh, Lewis Palmer. Um, this is how you do the Cybermen. Uh, they are so much creepier and better designed than the Iron Man rip-offs that we have today. There we go. My thoughts exactly, Lewis. Yes. Um, Patrick Troughton is especially great in this story and creates a semi-iconic speech to Victoria. Uh, this story is one of the best cliffhangers. You shall be like us. What a fantastic line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is gripping. You cannot take your eyes off it. Some parts uh, can be a bit dated, like the incredibly obvious wire shot when a Cyberman picks up Toberman, um, but it doesn't stop the story from being one of the very best of all time. 9.5. Brilliant. Uh, Audio reviews. This is our good friend Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary Dunham from the Big Blue Box podcast. Um, Tomb of the Cybermen, it's okay. Um, To me, it is... I'm joking, it's fantastic. (coughs) Honestly, great. I mean, I love the eeriness of it. I love the atmosphere. That's my favourite thing about this episode. I think that's what steals it. And Patrick Troughton sells his performance really well. He sells that he doesn't know what's going on. And I really don't like the group or the villains. They're a bit too stereotypical for me. Like Toberman or the other woman. They're just too stereotypical. And I don't like Victoria. Please don't hurt me. My family's got nothing to do with this. I'm just not a big fan of her. But my favourite part of the episode is in episode one. Um, and the doctor's talking about, um, like, Victoria's dress. And then he goes, don't worry about that. Look at Jamie. He's in the his response. Is, Ooh, I. It just makes absolutely no sense. It sounds <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah, I'd probably give... Um, um, to the Cybermen at 8 out of 10, I think it's fantastic. I think the Cybermen are great, but no. I just think that there's something to let it down. See you next time. Thank you, Alex. Cheers, Alex. Jeff Waddle. What do we think he, he says about this one? Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Mm, I would have thought he would like it, but you never know. He says, I blooming love this. Ah, oh, phew. And all the fuss about when it was recovered after the initial excitement people thought it wasn't that good. Well, these people are wrong. <laughs> Troughton at his best, the Cybermen at their best, what's not to love? Yeah. Uh, Danny Brown says, this for me is uh, in the top 10 of Doctor Who stories ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a great atmosphere and really well-designed sets. No wonder it's Matt Smith's favourite from the classic era. Yeah. Uh, he gives it a 9 out of 10. You can definitely see Matt is channeling a bit of Troughton, can't you? Oh, of course, When you watch yeah. these, yeah. 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 Uh, ben Smith one of the best episodes ever. 
The Cybermen were at their best in the 60s, and here is no exception. It features the greatest cliffhanger in You Shall Become Like Us. The Cybermen emerging from their tombs is so iconic and also very creepy. Um, ex uh, everyone except from Victoria gave great performances, and as always, the chemistry between Troughton and Hines is fun to watch. 10 out of 10. Mm. Uh, let's speak to our good buddy from Who Alex Reviews, Matt Rowney. Hey there, Gary and Adam. I hope you two are well. Sorry I've not commented on a podcast in a while. I've been listening to the, all of them, and they're all fantastic as always. I've just not been able to upload my comment on time. I keep forgetting to, and then when I get round to it, it's too late. Um, so I want to quickly put my opinion across on Midnight because I was quite devastated. I miss that. Um, I never got my chance to put my opinion across because Midnight is one of my personal favourites of the modern series, and it is the perfect example um, as to what you can do with Doctor Who um, without the whole CGI and you know, all that big scale stuff that they use a bit too much nowadays. It's the perfect example of how good Doctor Who can truly be at heart when it has great characters and a great story and great acting. Um, and I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10 and talking of great acting and talking of something that was quite secluded um, but yet still absolutely phenomenal is Tomb of the Cybermen. I, I find Tomb and Midnight have a lot of similarities actually. They have great characters and Tomb has some fantastic characters. The second Doctor is on the brink of becoming my favourite of all time. He is just incredible in this, um, as is Jamie and Victoria. I like them too as well. But the Cybermen are just phenomenal. I mean, they're so creepy, and I don't think the modern series, no matter how much CGI they used, how much budget they put into the costume or whatever, the music, they will never get any creepier than Tomb. They were outstanding in that episode. So, yeah, for me, Tomb is one of the very few episodes what I would give a 10 out of 10. It is absolutely fantastic it's up there probably in my top 10 of all time and is my second favorite trout story just behind the war games so yeah 10 out of 10 for tomb of the sidemen i hope you two are well and keep up the great work with the podcast and without doubt i'll see you next week cheers buddy thanks matt that's a really good um sort of double double review there mm, double whammy um Back on Facebook, last couple here. Uh, Spence Horton says, I enjoyed this story and remember the excitement when it was released on VHS after its discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, and Finn Walsh says, after last week's negative review, this is the complete opposite. I love this story. It was eerie, unlike Midnight, which, is, which wasn't, and mysterious. Uh, the introduction for the Cybermen in this story was brilliant and I loved all the cast. So for a turnaround from last week, I'll give it a solid 9.5 out of 10. Mm, a lot of high scores this week. And lastly, um, audio, this is uh, Jay Kent. Hey, Gary and Adam, hope you're doing well. Now, Tomb of the Cybermen is considered one of those iconic classic episodes, and I'm pleased to say it doesn't disappoint. The Cybermen themselves are incredibly eerie, and even if they are hard to understand sometimes, their mechanical wah, 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 noises <laughs> did leave a certain chill with me. Of course, this is also the first appearance of the Cybermats, which look very comical surrounding a group of people who are screaming, and like, just step on them or kick them or something, it's not that hard. And I have to credit this story for its use of visual effects, from the rope that helped open them up to the mm -hmm. dummy cyber controller that he threw across the room. <laughs> I really like this story with its sense of uneasiness and uncertainty with aspects of the story all come together in the end. I'll give this a strong 7 out of 10 and I hope we get a Cyberman story this good again in the future quite soon, please. So yeah, I hope you're doing well and enjoy the rest of the show. Nice one, Deep. Cheers, Jay. I thought you'd go a bit higher than that. 7. Hmm. Anything over on the Geek's Handbag page? Well, I liked his little impressions. Yes, we did. And um, I'll kick off with 
a name I can't pronounce. <laughs> as as sure. always. Why can we never pronounce? I think it's uh, I think it's Adrian, but spelled in a very strange way. Well, not strange, but different. Uh, so Adrian Porter says, the script was well written and Troughton and supporting cast were amazing. And uh, he's giving it an 8 out of 10. Lee Collins said he was lucky enough to get his from the CEX shop. I don't know. Do you ever use them, Gary? CEX? Secondhand? Um, uh, a couple of times, yeah. And he said to his amazement, it was signed by Fraser Hines. So that was a good find, Lee. Thanks, uh, Joseph Howarth. Howarth? says, fantastic story involving the Cybermen, and it has the iconic line of, our lives are different to anybody else's. That's ex- that's the exciting thing, that nobody in the universe can do what we do. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. That's oh, Charles, yeah. that's the Doctor, isn't it? Just yeah. yeah, it's a very good one. Thanks, Joseph. George Coppin says, really good story, but there are other Troughton stories that I prefer, but still it's a brilliant Cyberman story and a true classic, and George is giving it 8 out of 10. And finally, Rob Jones says, Two of the Cybermen, well, it's the best Cyberman story in my opinion, and my God, they are scary. The characters are brilliant, and I cannot fault it at all, says Rob. He's giving it 10 out of 10. Wow. Consistently high scores there. Yes. Oh, and I've, I've done our usual classic of calling a lady a man. So, <laughs> Adrienne, I'm really sorry. It's Adrian Porter is a lady. We, we always do that, don't we? We never seem to get... Get get names or sexes or anything right. So I do apologise. We never. I knew get... as soon as I said he's giving it out of ten. I thought I bet it's yeah, I bet it's wrong. So yeah, we always we have a habit of just you know jump, you know, just putting our foot Jumping right in, in. it. Really yeah. should yeah, I should check these things before I read them. Really, we should research <laughs> before, shouldn't we? We yeah. never remember the names of any of any episodes of any review scores. Cannot retain information. No. <laughs> information maybe we should be upgraded yeah delete that might yeah delete and upgrade that might help uh so thank you very much for uh, all of your uh, thoughts and stuff on tomb of the side men it's great i love i know i've said it before you're probably thinking yeah whatever but i love reading all the thoughts and listening to the audio clips that you guys send in because it's almost like um it's almost like uh, it's like a community review you know it's it's everyone's just sort of jumping and it's not just us saying you know, this is good or this is bad. So thank you so much, um, as always, for sending in all of your thoughts and clips. Uh, next week, talking of the 11th Doctor, Yeah, what are we doing next week? Yeah, so uh, next week is the Vampires of Venice. Ah. 11th Doctor story. That's from that's from Matt's first series, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. yeah it's Amy yeah. and Rory, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I can't yeah. remember much about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've not... I don't know about I you. always say this, but I can't. <laughs> well, I haven't watched it for ages, yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah, I was going to say the same. I have not seen this one in quite a while. I literally can't remember anything apart from Matt talking in a mirror with vampires behind him. That's the only bit that sticks to my mind. So, yeah, looking forward to giving that a rewatch. It'll yeah. be good to chat through that one next week. Same as. I can't remember much mm-hmm. from it at all. I remember a big blue fish thing. Really? I can't even remember that. I don't know, yeah. Fish. I can't not, remember much else. not thinking of that shark, are you? Uh, <laughs> well, actually, the only thing that does stick in my mind is because they always drag them out at, like, the proms and the symphonic thing. You have the women, you know, the vampire women. Yeah, that's right. They're, yeah, with the umbrellas. Yeah, yeah, I can remember them, but I can't is remember any... Is there a blue fish? I really, I really can't remember that. I think one of the characters, their true form is like a big blue fish thing because they live in the... I don't know. Maybe I'm Liminec, this sounds exciting. Yes. Can't wait to rewatch it. Right, I think we're going to do that, mate. Yeah. 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening through to the end. If you stuck with us, a bit of a longer show this one because we threw in our our survival guide <laughs> as if you couldn't survive anyway without us so um, thank you very much for sticking with us and thank you once again for sending in all of your thoughts and comments and views and audio clips and, and all that stuff it does make the show awesome awesome source looking forward to next week haven't done Matt when, when did we do Matt Smith last Vincent and the Doctor oh yeah um, we've got a bit of motion on that one I can't see me getting that emotion on this one but well, it depends what happens to this big blue fish. We shall see. We shall see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Well, no, we won't see. I won't get emotional at this one. I can pretty confidently say that. Okay. Head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, and you can listen to all of our previous episodes there. And you can also find links to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, if that takes your fancy. Hmm because we do put stuff out on those other things we post pics of stuff that we've bought with the money that we don't have and (laughs) all little tidbits and thoughts and stuff so give us a follow over on those did you see that adipose thing i put up last night (laughs) he's sticky he's like it's it's this little adipose figure that comes with a book and he's on a little stand and you squeeze him and he makes a noise but he's i don't like touching him he's all sticky and horrible well he is made of fat come on Oh, he fit, yeah. Is he meant to be like that? I don't know. Oh, I don't like him. He might have to go back. <laughs> Send him back wrapped in tissue. He's probably walking across the floor upstairs as I speak. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yes. Finding us on uh, find us on iTunes. Um, just do a search uh, and you can subscribe in iTunes. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could uh, give us a rating and a review, that would be amazing. Uh, remember to check out Adam's channel. The... the oh, the Adipose handbag. The Adipose handbag. I was going to say handbag. the Big Blue Box podcast, but no, you're listening to that right now. I've, I've done that before in a video. I've <laughs> said the wrong thing. I'm like, do check out the uh, Geeks podcast. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Let's rewind. Here we go. Yeah. Remember to check out Adam's channel on Facebook and YouTube, the Geeks handbag. Plenty of good videos and great content over there, so make sure you give it a subscribe and a view. Until next week, I'm Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... And... Lottie! Lottie.